What up, guys? This is Stank Dog. Thanks for listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Don't listen to Pulp MX. What up, guys? This is Brent Duffy. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. We are back with the Moto X Pod show after three rounds in Arlington. Some really, really great racing on Arlington 3. We are brought to you by our title sponsor, A Cherubies USA. For decades, A Cherubies has been the leader in moto plastic and accessories with products that fit perfectly, look amazing, and last, A Cherubies has what you need. Visit acherubiesusa.com or call 1 800 659 1440. And let Brian Fullerton and Talon Volan take care of you. Let them know the Moto X-Pod show sent you. Also on board, X-Brand goggles, choice of privateers and champions everywhere. DJ TJ is wearing the new Lucid goggle. Uh, I got a shipment in a couple days ago. Already sold them all out. These things are going fast, but more are coming. I'll have more in about a week. Uh, X-Brand, EKSbrand.com. There are... Still some colorways available. Check them out. Get your Lucids. Hit me up, Darkside at darksidemx 3 at AOL.com for pricing. Also on board, Williams Moto Works with a new Instagram title. What, uh, Instagram. Account uh, name? Yeah, your account name. I know it's, I can't think. There's something else they call it, but uh, it's at Williams underscore Moto Works, W-E-R-X. Go follow them on Instagram. Also on board, Torque One Racing Shock Socks. Thanks to Shan Garcia of Shock Socks and Berm Lords for letting me stay at his house all week. Saved me about 25 bucks probably. All Sport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing for you WP, guy, WP Suspension Guys. Of course, Berm Lords Graphics and Jersey ID. If you want uh, your bike to look as good as mine or your jersey's done up just right, hit up Shan Graphics at BermLords.com. And, of course, our boys over at R Jerky. ERJerky.com. Use promo code MotoXPodShow21 to save. And, of course, Kirk Hunter Extreme Colors. Helmet painting, all helmets, $395 for a custom, one-of-a-kind piece of art that you can wear on your head. DJ TJ in studio. I think it's been a year and a half-ish. Maybe two. Not long enough. What's up, dude? Good to have you back. Spending the, this evening watching you freak out has been once amazing. Again, once again, um, yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. Scotty T, what up, dude? What's happening, guys? Oh, uh, someone wants to know where you got your shirt. Shit, who knows? I've had this thing for, sorry about the, the, the word, the, the, the bad word there. Uh, I don't know. I've had this for a long time. This is it probably. Actually look, it doesn't look old. Yeah, I just haven't worn it a, a lot, but it it's probably like from the mall or something. It's definitely not an original. But um, yeah, I, I don't. I really don't remember. Little, I've had it five below. Little hot topic a, shirt. It would be probably hot topic or even maybe Walmart back when. I'm all about oh, yeah, those five did, below they, shirts. They stuff yeah, they had Star Wars shirts for a while. I, I don't remember. Sorry, it's just I, I got a lot of Star Wars shirts. I just don't wear them on here very often. Uh, okay, so great show tonight. 
Pro Circuit, Seth Hammaker coming on. He got himself a win in Arlington. Sixth place in points right now. Were you about to say something? I was going to make a funny comment, but never mind. Do you want to? Well, I was just going to say Seth on the podium looks like he's like 30. Really? Yeah, he looks way older. He looks like he's 12. He looks way older to me than what what he actually is. I don't know why. We've also got Dan Hubbard coming on, Race Day Live, and he is considered the Supercross host. If you go to a race, he's the voice you hear in the stadium. Dan, uh, got to have dinner with him. Pretty cool dude. Want to get, you know, he was on Pulp. I'm sure everybody heard that. We're going to talk to him a little bit more about his life and things he's involved with and things he's learning. And then uh, our buddy Hal Simpson follows on Instagram Megan Griffiths. She is at Megs underscore Brap with two A's. And she's a female cross, like Enduro rider. Got a pretty cool story. We're going to get to know her a little bit. Just, you know, like we like to do that, right? We like to talk to some of these people, Scotty, that we are cool. Like, aren't Eli yeah, Tomac like, or whatever. You yeah. scream cool right now. <laughs> He's, the only time he's ever like, screamed cool is if he actually literally screamed the word cool. Cool. He's never been cool in his life. Yeah. Uh, we've got about 15 minutes before we got to get guests on. You made one of the Arlington's no, or I two? Made two. Two. Mm-hmm. And you made the sucky two. No, <laughs> one the, and two? the second one was good. The first, yeah, the, well, I mean, they were sucked. both. This, well, I had a really good spot because I could see all the cool stuff. I could see them. Like uh, what's the cool stuff? Well, they after the finish, after the start corner, where that turned into that, the elevated corner after the elevated. Yeah, corner. yeah, you were sitting across from where I was. Yeah, I was sitting right there, and then watching Tomac was doing a different option than Cooper was, and so every time he tripled, it looked like he was like going to like just jump straight oh, on yeah, his back. Yeah, yeah. So like that was cool, and then watching them turn and, and then step up on, they were like like quadding onto a step on, and then. Uh, often before the finish line corner, like that was really cool because they were uh, Tomac was doing something different and like that race got good until Tomac- it was all right. Just the tracks were a little, but there there were not very many options on the first two. The TJ- first one when we walked up to the seats, I was like, oh my god, that is the coolest looking track I've ever seen. And then they raced on it, and I was like, oh my god, it's one lined. Yeah, hey, try to stay in the center of your oh, mic. You're turning if you need to. Yeah, there you go. Um, TJ it's starting to sound like Mathis. Listen, all all the tracks generally, right? There's certain there's tabletops, there's a triple, there's like five foot jumps and whatever the six foot jumps or whatever the no, I don't know that I don't know the scales, but they're basically the same pieces yep. and they move them around. Seventy foot for the triples, but for some reason, Arlington three had like five hundred options. You know, if you throughout the different well, because they have their certain the doubles that they are certain sizes, the triples are certain sizes, yeah. but it's all how they lay it out. I mean it's it's but what it, they like but they it, what here's the thing is though too, what they do with the lips. As from watching on T V, it looked to me a lot like the lips were different, which was uh, allowing them to you know who else's lips are different? Chase Sexton's. Oh <laughs> Jesus. Anyways I don't get it. He, did, he smashed oh, his yeah, face yeah, yeah, into yeah, the bars. Yeah, yeah. If you've not seen his Instagram, it's uh-uh. like, it like his, oh, yeah, his lips are all blowed up. And oh, that was wow. like two Sorry, weeks ago Chase. when he ate the handlebars. That dude oh, made me want to wear he, a mouthpiece. Oh, yeah. yeah. This was just like, though. No, I'm saying like, oh, yeah, yeah. When, when he like chipped those teeth. That's what I'm saying. He may want to start wearing a mouthpiece. Yeah. But on a serious note, like, it's all about the. He tried to stew the wall. The transitions. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. And so that makes a huge difference. It was awesome. I mean, like, just sitting there watching. First practice, untimed qualifying. I was like, oh, my. There are some killer options and good racing. Cooper, I, I stamp it. Cooper's the champ. Oh. Uh, yeah, shut I up. Mean, you're, you're no. Pretty, dude. I'm totally on this the Cooper train, but, like, I mean, it's I mean, 16 points. Okay. 
barring anything catastrophic. Okay. He broke Kenny, in my opinion. Dude. Well, Kenny's doing the same thing he's done every year. That's what I was going to say is. Kenny was so good in in practice. I picked him to win in the Rocky Mountain Fantasy. Uh, I was up in the press box, just me and JT, and I was like, yeah, it's Kenny's night. He felt like it was Kenny's night. Like, everybody I talked to, he just looked so damn good. In the heat race, he looked really good. Cooper did not look that great. And I told Cooper that on Pulp last night. Like, I, I didn't think you were going to win. You didn't look good in the whoops. You're you're usually not as good as the other guys in the whoops. And then Chase took your front wheel out in the heat race. And I was like, I looked over. Kevin Kelly was next to me at that time. And I was like, that was a mistake. They just effed up. And he agreed. And Cooper just... Cooper, as we keep saying, and I think Daniel said this, he's like the shark in the water, smells the blood. Well, here's a question. God, he's mentally awesome. A couple years ago, he wins the championship. There was a lot of questions to that. There was a lot of people like saying, well, you kind of got a gift to blah, blah. And you know what I mean? Because I I agree with that, but okay. Well, I mean, they they were saying that when he won it because other guys were out, other guys were hurt, you know, whatever. And then last year, he started coming on and had the wreck, and it kind of. Put him. I think he would have won the championship if he hadn't. Well, that's what his, I'm saying. But there was still that. That. But this year, what mm-hmm. he's doing now, he wins this championship. He goes down as like it changes his his whole. What do you call it? Um, what's the word I'm looking for? The word that came to mind is era, and that's not. Or, but, that's not even that. His legacy. His legacy. His I think legacy. it changes his legacy because yep. without winning this, um, I think he could go, or even doing what he's doing now, it goes down as as Anderson winning. In a way, like if he doesn't win again, if he doesn't win again, I don't even agree with that because Anderson really didn't follow it up with anything over the last couple of years. Cooper's yeah. followed it up last year to a point where, had he not got hurt, he probably would have won. I don't, I don't think put him he wasn't Jason's, that close, though. I don't. He, I, he yeah, was, it came yeah. close. To he the was not he won, gonna. He won. Didn't he win most of the races in Salt Lake City? Yeah, but so, at yeah. that point in time, he at that point in time, I think that Tomac was in the. Hey, go ahead, buddy. Maybe, but. Man, it was Tomac, I, I, it was Tomac's I the year last year. I can't, comp- I can't say he's equal to Jason if he doesn't win this year or whatever. I think he's rode much better post his championship than Jason did. I think the history books will shine higher on him if he wins this year right, than yeah, it would well, without. Obviously, obviously. Um, going going back to the race, when I was watching, uh, I had to watch eighth or Arlington 3 on TV, but like eight minutes into that main, I was like, we're going into the break with a six-point points lead and it's going to be close it was like Tomac's going to get him I was like Barsha might even get Webb like Webb doesn't he just yeah, he didn't yeah. have it in the heat race didn't have it yep, and then yep. Kenny was gone and then it was like all of a sudden they kind of got close for a second they caught up to Roxon and then all, next thing you know Cooper was gone it was like it was, yeah it was about continue continues to be so I didn't impressive. look at lap times either y'all like no, I didn't look at them well, see the reason why I asked that point in the race though. well here, here's what I'm asking is was that a Kenny falling apart because of whatever reason, no, health, mental, or so. was it Webb just dropping the hammer? I think I think it's I, a little of both, personally. Okay. I think at Daytona, when Roxon made the comments, I can play that game too, and we've kind of seen that he really can't or doesn't at least. I think I think you don't say that unless somebody's sort of in your head a little bit. There was a like a German guy in history that said a bunch of crazy stuff and then got <laughs> okay. beat down. We're gonna keep going. <laughs> I think he's in Kenny's head a little bit, and I think the way he's beating him, especially on a track that Cooper should not have been as good at, in my opinion, because he's again typically not as good in the whoops. Yeah, and those were big whoops, and he kind of for his ability, he sucked in the whoops in practice in the heat race. And then all of a sudden, about three laps into the main, instead of skimming them all, he started skim 
and then like did like, a rhythm. I don't know if like it was two. jump and then two out yeah, or the like end, skim two out or and whatever. It just yeah. worked. Yeah. And like all of a sudden he passes. He even said it last night on Pope when I was on the phone. I like I pass Kenny in the whoops. Basically, like he doesn't expect that. I feel that mentally that Kenny just. I don't know that he can. Yeah, that was come back. He was, I, I, and I'm not saying anything bad about Kenny. Kenny we had just to haven't have seen it yet. Well, we were we're in a group message for fantasy stuff, uh-huh. and I had said in there, I'm like, Kenny didn't like like even on the podium, his interview, he didn't seem to have that fire. Like, yeah, he, yeah, he, he right. looked mentally weak. Like and Muscle Mark said the same the thing. He looked like like, oh, it's okay, guys. It's okay, <laughs> yeah. guys. And instead of make it ex- yeah. like, there was no fire, and the fact that afterwards he wasn't like. You know, upset Angry? or yeah. whatever it made sure. me think he's kind of given up. I don't know if he's given up, but um, yeah, it doesn't look good. Coop's just he's he's like, do we start talking like is he, like he's the guy now? Like, yes. is, is he is he? Like, I do. He's I, yeah, he's the guy. I'm starting to put him in like a Poto Carmichael's like maybe not no blasting, Carmichael, maybe not blasting speed, but I mean, dude, like the the way he just he has to close this year out. And then I, he has to do it again next year. Like it, he's got to do something outdoors. But I, but I guess Supercross wise, kind of like I think he's the man right now. He's better than Eli, and he's better than Kenny he's, overall. But the he thing is, is, it's so crazy about it is all three of those Arlington races. He's not winning by eight seconds, seven seconds, two, three. Yeah, and you and can't just, break he, him. That's the other thing. Yeah, and like Eli he, could be all over his tip butt most of the time. I, I can't all, break him. Like we we were in the seats for both of them, and uh, and both of yeah. them, I thought like, oh, it's going to be like a battle like the whole time, and like it's just going to be crazy, and it wasn't. He just kept them right there. Like yep. I don't know how he does that. It's his sixth sense on the track is incredible. How he knew Roxon had the best line, and then tucked behind him in the start and got right. second. Like he like I don't know. He's he's when it comes to that kind of stuff, he's just on another level than the other guys. I agree. Jonesy um, asked real quick about rumors that I haven't heard anything about. Uh, Kenny to Husky and Tomac to Honda. I haven't heard Bobby anything. Bobby Hewitt posted something on Instagram. It was a picture of Kenny, and he said something along the lines of, and Steve talked about this last night. It's the only way I knew. I never saw it. But something along the lines of, you hear a lot of rumors in the pits, and sometimes they, they, they might be true. But then he changed what he posted. He edited it, and it just said so, something like, hashtag Supercross Live. And people, and, and I wanted, somebody else, Commented, but I don't remember who it was. It was I have to double yeah. check. I don't know anything about the rumors. I don't. I I find that I, I find that hard to believe that Kenny would leave Honda. I think he still like has. He's there. I think he still has a year or at least on his yeah. contract. So sorry, Jones. Tom, I don't have any. Tomac info. to Honda. Kenny and Tomac. Uh, I think Tomac's done. You think so? I think so. I think he wins I think the. I think he done. wins the outdoors and possibly and just yeah. checks out. I think he's ready to be done. We don't have a whole lot of time left. We got about five more minutes, to, so we really don't have time to get into too much more of this. Um, again, I, I, I said in the opening, and I want to thank Shan. He let he did let me stay at his house all week, so I didn't have to get a hotel room. I did get a hotel room one night on for, to do some podcasts from right. the stadium. I want to be close. Had some really great dinners first Friday night over there. Got to go eat with Mathis, Daniel Blair, Jason Thomas, Paul Parabinos. Yeah, that's cool. And JT, God, I forgot the guy's name now. A guy that works at WPS also. And Weege wasn't there, so none of Weege was not there. Uh, we were texting a few things back and forth. But, um, yeah, so that was really cool. I got to hang out with those guys. Where did you eat at? Huh? Uh, Saltgrass Steakhouse that oh, night. Saltgrass. It, oh, it was good. You're in, really. you're in, I know, it's so expensive. 
What? Okay. I thought he was going to. I was on. Wait till I tell you where we went, where Mike Bonacci from. Like that's nothing when it comes to Dallas. Did he pay for it? Did somebody else pay for it? I paid for that. I actually, Steve bought my dinner Friday night. Well, then, great job. Mine and, and I like that. Saltgrass is I not expensive, play. TJ. Saltgrass is expensive. Yeah, it's really not. It's pretty much normal price it's, of any restaurant. Yeah, it's pretty. It's like twenty dollars a person. It's pretty normal that's for a pretty restaurant. Pretty standard, dude. Wendy's is way cheaper. Oh okay, God, we're not. We're not going to go there. So I went, Mike. Mike with Club MX, who we had on a while back, he took me to a Brazilian steakhouse. Anybody ever been to uh, one? The, this was called VZ's Brazilian or VZ's Steakhouse. Okay. It's by the stadium. Not What's the one I'm thinking of? There, there's a different chains. Cafe de Brazil. That's one Something like that. So this is a place you go, you get this little card. Yeah. This is, that's it's got a green or a red. You put the green up if you yeah. want them to bring you meat, and they bring, they have a skewer. The guys mm-hmm. walk around with a skewer of filet mignon yeah. or a skewer of chicken or a skewer of... It's like sixty Endless bucks a pop, right? Meats. It's what? Like sixty bucks a person. I have no right? idea because I didn't pay for this. Thank, thank you, Mike. It was literally like I love my steakhouse here, Leon's. This was the best. Everything they brought was the best of that food I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Best chicken I've ever had. Best sausage I've ever had. Holy crap! I mean, yeah, it was well over a hundred dollars for the two of us. Yeah. Unreal food. Gary uh, Garrett said Wendy's doesn't sell steak, and yeah. I replied, "It's all cow." I can't even talk to you, Scotty. Yeah, no. Dude. So, but I did. We did go back to the next Friday night when I got back into town. I took. I asked Dan Hubbard if he wanted to go to dinner because I want to get to know him a little bit better. And yeah. I asked Cade Clayson. So we all went, and, and the Moto X Pod show bought their food. TJ. So where was that at? That was also at Saltgrass. So it's just Saltgrassing it up. Well, it's right there, and that's where like all the teams go. Oh, okay. Every yeah, every time you go there, there's just the whole industry is there pretty much. It's, it's really one of the only good places right by the stadium, other than that Brazilian steakhouse. But uh, anyway, yeah, it was a good time. Got to hang out with a lot of people, social distance, wearing our masks. Yeah, like, it kind of took, like, like there really was no reason to go to the stadium early. Like, I, yeah. I, feel, I don't know. Let's, let's try to talk about that. We'll try to save a little bit of time after Megan, because I do want to touch on some of these other things that we, we just didn't get to because of um, some technical issues and a breakdown I almost had. It's all yeah. good. What you got, TJ? No, I just said that, that gonna... breakdown just totally made my night. Yeah, you made you you were enjoying that. Um, okay, commercial break. We'll be back with Seth. What's up, guys? This is the Seven Juice Trade out of Entertown. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020. They are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to AturbeastUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Moto X Pajo Senya. Hey, Dad. Great race. Not sure how you could even see. Thanks, bud. Track conditions were pretty brutal. But thanks to my X-Brand goggles, I had hashtag clear vision all the way. X-Brand goggles has grown into the goggle choice of many of the top privateers, such as Ben LeMay, John Short, Alex Ray, Kyle Chisholm, as well as 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion Gary Sutherland. Hey, guys, this is Gary Sutherland, 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion, and I trust X-Brand. My name is Ben LeMay, and I choose X-Brand goggles. Hi, I'm Andy Kiefer, and when I'm wearing the best dress, I wear extra goggles. Hey guys, this is Kyle Chisholm. In 
for almost a decade in my professional racing career, I've chosen X-Brand as my goggles. Now, X-Brand Goggles is joining the Moto X Pod Show for 2020 with their EKS, S, and Flat Out Series goggles. Go to EKSBrand.com or email DarksideMX3 at AOL.com for pricing. What's up, guys? This is Alex motherfucking Ray. And if you don't use X-Brand, then if you're looking for top quality hard parts you need to visit torque one racing torque one racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the moto x pod show find the flow with torque one racing handlebars levers shifters brake pedals and grips torque one racing is the title sponsor of the moto x pod show so support those who support us visit torqueoneracing.com and order your defy lock on grips today all right, our first guest of the night is brought to you by Blood Lubricant Oil Lines, which were created to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. Whether you race motocross, supercross, cross-country, side-by-sides, or even sprint cars, Blood Lubricants has what you need. Visit bloodlubricants.com and uh, tell them the Moto X-Pod show sent you. Tonight, Blood Lubricants brings us from Pro Circuit Kawasaki, Myth, Mr. Seth Hamaker. What up, dude? Hey, guys. How's it going? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. I'm stoked, dude. I um. Finally got a chance to actually meet you one-on-one at uh, IHOP Saturday morning. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, seeing you at the press conferences. But, man, you're um, – dude, is your year going anywhere like you – where you expected it or is it meeting – like exceeding your expectations because you're killing it, man? You got to win, dude. Yeah, I think uh, I think for sure a little bit exceeding my expectations and like kind of gum- coming into it. Not that I didn't believe I could do it, but I think this early getting a win in my third race was like kind of surprised me a little bit. And, yeah. uh, just kind of being, you know, being up there running with the, running with those top guys. It's, it felt, it feels good. And just learning the experience. That's the best way for me to learn. I think so I'm pumped with it so far. Oh, I would imagine like, uh, you went, what you got a sixth at Daytona and, uh, or no, a sixth at Orlando, 11th at Daytona yep. and then a yep. win. Um, was there anything – look, some things happened to the guys that we expect to win at the, when you got your win. But yep. what could you take away from that win that you can use to, you know, continue to get better? You got a podium uh, at the end of the, uh, the last one too, I believe, right? Yeah, you got a third Saturday night. Yep. So what what did you take away from that win? Uh, the biggest thing, like, for me was, like, riding – riding. I didn't have, like – Hunter wasn't right on me, but still like the pressure of leading and just kind of like, you know, you know, people, everyone's watching and like, you know, you're the guy who basically can't throw the race away. So, um, like, and just learning to deal with that pressure and leading, leading that many laps for the whole race and just learn, just also learning how important the whole shot is in those main events that, uh, you know, put, you know, track positions, everything. And, uh, yeah, it feels yeah. it feels good to get you know run up there. So I was pumped. I was pretty stoked on it. Something I hear a lot from rookies is that you realize once you go to the pro class that like you can't back it down any lap whatsoever. Where in the amateurs, yeah, maybe you get a start, maybe and you can kind of take a breath somewhere, but you do not get a chance to do that at this level. Now is that no, not at all. Yeah, that's the other thing too. It was like. It was like a 15 minute sprint. It felt like it was right, like right. every lap I was like putting down sprints. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It was pretty cool though. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, it says, so, you know, we see most rookie guys when they, and they're, they're like, you know, just learn, kind of be safe, smart, get to used to everything. You know, that's kind of how you have to enter your career. But now that you won, I just kind of wondered how it has changed you. Like, 
when you're when when you approach the race, your heat race, or you're on the line, or just any any time during the day, does it change you mentally? How you like you look at it now that you've won and know that you can win? Yeah, definitely a little bit. Like no, like getting that first one, you know, done, and then kind of the next round that Tuesday, I like I felt like a different type of confidence just all day. I felt like I was like just had more confidence in my riding. And, um, I think like now it's like anything, you know, I want to get that feeling again of winning. So I'm extra motivated to like get a, get a win again. And like, I feel like just being on the box as much as possible is also really good. But, um, and yeah, like at the same time I got the win that early, but I also do need to stay healthy and just, gain experience and if the if the wind's there on a night then go for it but if not you know like be smart about the season as well absolutely so we had a um you had a couple interesting years your last few years in the amateur ranks with injuries and stuff like that i mean how stressful was that as you're coming in i mean were you like at any point like this isn't working out i mean obviously it has worked out but i mean you know how moto is you're only as good as your last race what was the stress level and what was the thought process as you were moving at towards the end of your amateur career yeah so um definitely like the last two years amateur well it, it wasn't as smooth as we would have liked it to be into the pro scene but um i just kind of tried to look at the positives from what i had and i feel like it was it did make it kind of tough coming in because I didn't have like a whole lot of confidence and I feel like it was kind of unknown. Like a lot of people didn't know like how I was going to do or what was going to happen. And I just kind of this off season, I, you know, just worked hard. Um, my trainer, Ivan Tedesco, you know, has helped me a lot and we just kind of worked hard throughout the off season and came in as prepared as possible. And I feel like the, I'm a little bit older, but I feel like those extra couple of years, um, kind of matured, me a little bit coming into the pro ranks and i feel like it's paid off and um you know like you said it was a little stressful you know in those years but at the end it paid off and uh i'm glad to be where we're at um right now so we have a listener question jake curry wants to know what was your first impulse to buy with your bonus money from the win (laughs) um (laughs) i didn't buy anything yet but uh i have i Oh, I don't know. Probably uh, save it. Get another one. Yeah, first. I think save it. Yeah, <laughs> I think save it for sure. Yeah, yeah, get one more, then then you can go splurge. Yeah, get a Lambo, whatever it takes. Yeah, get a Lambo. <laughs> you get a good use. Look like hey, about fifty grand. You can get a good Mitch, use Lambo. You can put some miles might, on. Mitch might put a foot up the butt if he goes by <laughs> a Lambo this early. Easy, Josh yeah. Hansen. Yeah. 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 Uh, speaking of Mitch, uh, man, talk about riding for the legendary pro circuit and. Mitch Payton, uh, you know, and then I asked, I, I got to ask you about our girl Vanessa too. Um, but tell, talk about working for Mitch. Yeah, so um, riding for Mitch and Pro Circuit has been really good so far. I've been learning a lot, and um, to be racing for you know such a, you know, just everyone knows a Pro Circuit and Mitch Payton. Like it's just great, great team to be around, and. Um, I feel like that alone just like helps my confidence and they, they always like, you know, have your back and yeah. as long as, you know, you're just giving it, your all putting in the time and they do the same thing for, with, with all the guys. So it's been really good and looking forward to, you know, improving. And, um, I know 
the team, you know, I'm really happy to be working with them. So, oh, yeah, uh, I'd imagine. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so I brought up Vanessa O'Brien, who I've talked about on here. We've had her on here. She she is by far my favorite um, media relations for a team. I love yeah. Vanessa. I hate – I mean, she recently had her first daughter, so she hasn't been at a lot of the races. Um, but she, I texted her, I think th- this morning, maybe yesterday, and told uh-huh. her you were coming on, and she just said, oh, I love Seth – and his mom, Sally, who are one of my, two of my favorite people. Like, honestly, she said, you guys are two of her favorite people. So I want to throw that out. And I got a chance to meet your mom also, which she was very nice. And, uh, it's clear that you come from a really good family with support. And I think, uh, you talking about having that extra year or two, a little bit of maturity. I think that's a big deal for a rookie, man. A lot of these young kids come in a little too young with a little too much pressure. And then if you don't perform, you kind of get thrown to the wayside a little bit. And dude, that's just tough, man. It's such a tough sport. Um, so it seems it like you got a really good uh, support system going with you. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's been, uh, you know, really good. Yeah. Um, like the with just the maturity level thing, and just kind of that. I like not. There was some pre- like pressure coming in, but not a lot. Like I didn't feel like there was a ton of hype around me coming into the Supercross season. Yeah, you're kind of right. Uh, you know, we talked about the 250 guys, and of course, Mathis and Pulp, who have probably the biggest footprint in the media side, talked about it. Right. He, yeah, nobody really knew what to expect out of you. You know, Steve is Steve's pretty hard on the amateurs anyway, and he's like, oh, that, yeah, you know, he's not ready for any. He doesn't really want to give any of the amateurs coming into the pro ranks credit right away, but I think you're earning your stripes for sure. Yeah, yeah, you you definitely came in under the radar a little bit, um, but you seem pretty solid so far, man, and. How do you, so how do you feel about the three week breaks? Three weeks, two weekends. Um, is, were you are you excited to have that break, or do you kind of wish like, dude, I'm in the flow of things. I want to keep racing. Right. Yeah. So, af- honestly, after the the three race in a row in like one week, I'm kind of like a little bit happier for the break. <laughs> okay, maybe cool. not. Maybe maybe not like the full break that we have, but yeah, um, definitely a little bit. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, it'll give us a little bit of time to you know rest up and get ready for Atlanta and just kind of come out swinging there. But yeah, like you said, when you're on a roll, it's kind of, it's kind of nice to keep racing. Right on. Hey, uh, after, after working with hot sauce, what was like the biggest thing in your race craft or your technique that like changed working with him? Like, what did he open your eyes to like the most? Yeah. So I'd say like one of the biggest things that, uh, he's helped me with is like looking at the track a little differently and like kind of, just not riding like the same line. Like even at the practice tracks, we work on just not riding like the goat trail or, you know, just moving around doing different stuff to, cause the races that that's what you got to do. And that's what you got to be good at. So I feel like he sees the track really good and can help me that way. So I feel like that's kind of one of the biggest um, parts that he's helped my um, program out with. Does Ivan like, like does he tell you just how great he was do you know i mean <laughs> I like you're kind of young and like 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 hot sauce is like was like the man do you actually even know how great I mean, do you, you need to like throw rose petals down in front of him when he walks i'm telling you that's how <laughs> right JT, jt is or, or tj tj is a huge uh it guy yeah. yes ivan tedesco is oh, a, he, a very few people am i like big fans of but yeah, that's definitely him one Blake yeah him and blake baggett basically yeah that's so that's random <laughs> But no, like seriously though, like do you do you know the history of him, or or was it something that you had to like? Is he walk around like watch these videos? Let me show you how it's done, kid. <laughs> I knew like I 
like you said, it was like a long time. Like I don't remember everything of his racing and stuff, right. but I do know like kind of, you know, his championships and stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, like <laughs> I guess I, I guess now that I think about, it, I don't know like all, all that he's done. When so. we first started the show, like that's somebody I wanted on the show. And I went up to him like at one of our first super crosses where we got like some media credentials. Yeah. credentials and I'm like, Hey man, I'm so-and-so with the Moto X pod show. And he's like, get away from me and i'm like it's okay you're sure, cool enough you're you can, a weirdo so. yeah i'm a weirdo he, it was cool enough that i could just like, he just shooed <laughs> me away you. basically yeah so yeah, nobody's ever told me to go away yeah well that well yeah well, you're, I, you're a weirdo tj i probably had this like big it's, puppy it's, dog look yeah hey ivan <laughs> would you please be on my podcast yeah yeah eating a wendy's baconator yeah. i was actually surprised like seth seth stopped and said hi to me and i was i didn't know i guess he, you must have seen me in the press conference or something yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I guess it was the press conference that the Saturday before. Yeah, yeah. so that that was kind of cool that he's like, "Hey, man, what's up?" I was like, "Ah, oh, what's up?" Dude? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah cool. I definitely try and like you know like just anyone just try and take take some time and you know just fans and whatever. I think it's cool, you yeah, know, and they appreciate it for sure. Well, we are only having you on the show just so maybe we can get a backdoor into getting hot sauce on. That's that's the only reason why we're even having you. Oh, all right, <laughs> <laughs> all right, I like that. So, um. Seth, how do you feel about doing media, press conferences, interviews? Um, is it still a little awkward for you? You like it? I mean, you you seem pretty stoked on doing this, and I was surprised. Yeah, no, I definitely like it. It's um, like I didn't do a lot of media stuff, like as not as as an amateur, you don't do right. as much as like as the pros. So it's like I'm learning as I go and just kind of trying to you know do it as much as I can to get more experience and stuff like that. So it works. It's been working out. Awesome. You're doing good, man. I yeah. like it. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. So I, I noticed that like your amateur number was 510 and your your number this year is 150. Like, I yeah. just kind of want to know, like, if there was, was there any meaning behind your numbers? And then next year, do you, do you try to get the 15? I don't know if you can, if, if it's lights is different. I don't know how that, yeah, right. but, I don't know how that works, but do you like, is it, what's, what's the, the story behind your numbers? Yeah. So, um, 510 was my amateur number for like, ever since i started racing and i used that because one of my um dad's friends was 510 and i just that's just kind of what i used and then kind of just cool. ran it ever since was it and not then, available when you turned pro right yeah so when i turned pro i was trying to get 510 but someone had it, it wasn't available and uh 150 was kind of the, the next closest thing yeah. so uh but yeah, then we'll see what I end up with uh, next year with all the. I, I'm not really sure how that works either. It'll but. be points that you should be have no problem with what yeah. you're doing right now. If this is to come, you won't have any problem uh, with a, with a, probably a top twenty number. The way you're getting points, I mean, it, obviously, fifteen's yeah. obviously taken. But yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Is, like you can't be lights fifteen and no, no. Are Welcome you seriously to- on this show and asking that question? Like, why? I don't understand. Like, why? <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> Scotty. All right, we're gonna we're gonna cut that out. Yes, we're gonna edit that out. Right, that didn't happen. Wow. Uh, Seth, <laughs> the track Saturday last this last Saturday. Yeah. Huge rhythms. So cool to watch. All the riders seem to love it. Um, what do you think with the the quads and the the cinco or whatever they were called? The I mean, I, like I know the cinco. You, That's you, the perfect. You guys name. weren't doing that, but. Dude, right. gnarly and huge whoops. What a track. Yeah, it was definitely um you know, I think by far the the like most technical and like they had some gnarly jumps that one for sure. So mm-hmm. it was it kind of caught me by surprise a little bit come like 
from the first two rounds compared to that one. The first practice, I was like, all right, you know, there's some big lines out here. And then uh, I thought it was better for racing, though, for sure. It gave us a little bit more options. Whoops were definitely bigger that round. So, uh, but yeah, I thought it was a good, good, good for uh, racing for sure. And I think everyone liked it. I think so. Do you like that? Those big technical jumps that you're really like, they're kind of, uh, could kill you. Yeah. I don't know if you saw Davalos's crash or, um, I heard it was gnarly and it was gnarly. And then the, yeah, like, I, Rance, yeah, I mean, like those, you got to commit to those things. And if you make one mistake, those are big. That's all I'm saying. I just, do you right. like that, that, that section that's going to really uh, separate the, the talent? Yeah, I think it's good. Um, like definitely the consequences are higher, but I think it's good because it separates a little bit more and like that can be good for, you know, obviously if you're doing those obstacles, it will separate, but most yeah. of the time the guys that all the top guys end up doing them anyways. So, um, but I think either way though, it's kind of better for, um, better for racing. And I feel like the fans like to see it too. Oh, so. I think so. Yeah. That crowd was pretty loud Saturday night. And hell, we, yeah. were, we were loud in the press box and there was only two of us up there, especially <laughs> during the a Ray K to LCQ man. Oh yeah. I seen that. Yeah. <laughs> I had Kate in fantasy and I knew a Ray was coming and I was yelling and cussing at a Ray. You, have, have you <laughs> learned about the fantasy oh. since you turned pro? Because there's been actually a race or two that I may have actually cussed to you. Just letting you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think I, I know, uh, I, I don't really know. Like I know the handicaps and stuff like that, but I yeah. don't, I'm not, I'm not sure what handicap I am every weekend. So it changes. Sure. Yeah. Just smile yeah. and nod when people say stuff and just don't pay attention to it because I guarantee you every dirt bike racer out there as a pro gets cussed for somebody for fantasy. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a lot of fun for us, but yeah, the riders, the riders sometimes, well, some of the riders actually play, I can't imagine. but right. yeah. yeah. Um, okay. I, yeah, I got a couple fun. more things for you before we let you go. Um, obviously you came into Supercross in a weird time, really, no fan interaction. Like there's a lot more fans at Dallas than there was at Houston, which was the last race I was at. Um, but there's still, there's no autograph lines. There's no like real interaction is, are you a little disappointed that you don't get to do that? Or is it better to not have to deal with that on race day? Um, I'd say maybe like a little disappointed. Cause I feel like it's like, it, that's part of it. I feel yep. like seeing the fans and stuff and like doing the autographs and like, them coming coming by and saying hi and like there's some of that but not definitely not as much as there would be if it was you know normal full capacity fans and stuff like that so but um but yeah definitely like it seems like it's you know definitely during the race day you know sometimes it can be overwhelming for sure especially if you're not having a good day but yeah i could see that yeah um, that's what i was gonna say i was like you like you like the idea of it now because you're not dealing with you know 500 people in front of your tent that you have to hide from so yeah yeah exactly (laughs) yeah for sure yeah and it's hard and then at that point it's like when you can't get to every single person you feel you feel like you're leaving them out but you it's hard to you know so absolutely i can see that um, okay, here's here's the fun question. Um, I don't know if your mom's around, but what about chicks? You got a chick? Uh, no chicks. No, I don't right now. So. Is that uh, is that because you don't want to interfere with your racing, or you just haven't met the right monster girl yet? Um, a little bit of both, probably. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I, I've been I've been kind of just focusing on what I got to do right now. Well, you're uh, on the right I'm, team to get those monster girls. Yeah. 
yeah. Well, we we have an in with Brady, so like she knows all the girls. If there's one you need to talk to, yeah. You know, oh yeah. We'll, we'll text right. Brady, right. and maybe we could make it happen. We could be right. matchmakers. Yeah, right. What what does mom think about uh, like the girls and uh, you know that situation? She's like, stay away. Uh, yeah, she said stay away from the monster chicks. But we'll <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's probably smart for a little while, man. Focus yeah. on your racing. We see what's happened between like Chase and McAdoo, and I mean, oh, jeez, so much. Uh, you know, Cooper and Kenny. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all bad. Just it's all. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what other we'll what outside hobbies do you have besides moto? What do you like to do? Uh, I like to golf, and uh, I figured that's kind of yeah, just enjoy that. But um. Like all the moto guys, either fish or golf. Yeah, I, I, dude, golf, yeah. I love right. golfing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I like to get out. So, were kinda... you wishing you were at Freestone this week? Or are you glad to be over with all that? Ah, uh, honestly, I was glad to be glad to be over all that. You know, <laughs> it's kind of getting to the. It's a long. It does, I remember how long those weeks are. That's no doubt. Yes. Yeah, especially when they, yeah. they they string them all together, ring a ding, ding, or yeah. whatever. And then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How many, how many dings are in that? Ring-a-ding-ding? Ding? It's spring-a-ding. Yeah. Spring-a-ding, yeah. Spring-a-ding, yeah. Oh, whatever. It's all the same. Ring-a-ding-ding. Um, okay, last last question. Who Who's your group? Who are your boys that you like to hang out with? Are there anybody on the team? Any other riders? Or do you have like a separate group of buddies that you kind of chill with? Yeah, so um, back in Pennsylvania, I have like my group back there that, you know, I don't get to see. I don't get to hang out with as much anymore, but they're still, you know, still my boys and stuff, so um but out here like my mechanic jacob um it was cool because he got to come up oh, like he's my practice mechanic from amateurs and then yep. he got to come up with me to pc so it worked out really good and uh yeah just kind of you know even like cameron um we've been Whackers. you know doing yeah we've been like i guess not like hanging out but like riding a lot together and it's been good like he we get along really good so far so yeah, um he, he seems like a good dude Oh yeah, he's a really good dude, and uh, like he uh, has been helping me out, you know, just with this first year and stuff. Yeah, and, uh, good, good guy to be around to learn for sure. Awesome. Well, Seth, we're gonna let you go. Uh, I really appreciate you having some time for us tonight, and uh, enjoy your three weeks off, and get ready for Atlanta, and let's uh, maybe some more podiums and shoot, yep, man. That's right. That's yeah, awesome. and uh, tell your mom that I said hi. And it was really a pleasure to meet her the other morning, and um, will do. Look forward to seeing you. There's a possibility we'll be at Salt Lake City at the finals, so uh, yeah. Oh. Hopefully, we'll see you again, bud. That's awesome. Thanks for having me on, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later. All right, Seth. Take care. All right, you too. All right, see thanks, you. Seth Hammaker. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I like Seth. Um, I think we've talked to him when he was an amateur. I thought. I thought we did. You know, it's possible. I think we did. Okay. For sure at Freestone when he was at Freestone, but I don't. Like on the show or at like the video? We did a video for sure with him there, but I don't, I thought we had him on the show as an amateur, but maybe I'm wrong. It's possible. It's possible. We've done, we've done almost 200 shows. That's right. I don't know what we're going to do for 200. Don't have anything even thought out for that. If you make it that long. So, okay. We got about six minutes before Dan Hubbard. Do you feel like. No, it was great. It was just, I'm not going to blow you out. I mean, you're like. You got it all together. You're handling it well. So I'll, I'll go ahead. It started. <laughs> it sort of. It sort of started Friday or whatever night, Monday when I did the live sh- recording with yeah. K, uh, Cade and KP, mm-hmm. and I couldn't get the phone to work through our new board with the direct line. I had to use the Bluetooth, and I couldn't figure it out. And then I hooked it up once I got back home, reset everything. I called you. It worked. Seemed to. But I maybe it was going through Bluetooth. I don't know the the hard connection. 
did not work tonight when we were yeah. testing it. It's more than that, bro. Like you were. Well, you, I, I'm. I was sort of losing it. Look, I've talked about it a lot of times. I don't have any time, dude, during the day with my uh, with everything going on. It, it's just Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays are very, very stressful. Yeah. And when one thing for the show goes wrong an hour before it's time to go live, I'm, I start. Yeah, I start losing it because I don't know what to do. So Scotty comes in about mid freak out. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, I think personally that he has a little bit of a hangover from being in Dallas for not actual drunken hangover, obviously. Yeah, because I don't drink. You don't so. drink, but like a, a moto hangover from being at three rounds, being in Dallas all week. I think you might just be like a touch motoed out because being there, like, because your work week wasn't was different last week, and so like that yeah. uh, that was like the needle in the haystack. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, a needle in the what it, is, no? What is it? I, I don't. That I don't think that's back. what it is. I feel like just it's there's a lot of. Stress and pressure Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays because of t- limited time, like literally getting four and a half, five hours of sleep, try to prep for shows. And we then, had a bit of talk about possibly moving the show to Thursday. It's a thought. It's a thought. Give me more time to prep for the pulp wrap up show because everything's so crammed. And the first three weeks, like I asked Steve today, I said, Hey, I'd like to move the wrap up to Thursday to give me a little more time. And he's like, Yeah, I'd rather you not. If you have to, okay, but I'd rather you not. I'd actually rather you do it on Tuesday. And I was like, uh, yeah, there's no way that I could get the wrap-up show, listen to the show, make all my notes, cut all the audio, get two other people to make sure they listen to it in 24, in less than 24 hours. Yeah. Just can't do it. But I, and then when the board, when the phone wouldn't work, oh, it's great. I was, I was just like, I don't, I don't know what to do. I love like, it. We could have made this show work because we could have used Bluetooth. Yeah. But tomorrow night for the wrap-up, I have to have the hard line and the Bluetooth. And yeah, my, I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. It's too much. Sorry. Yeah. It just I'm, I'm it was great. I love it when the house is on fire. You were yeah, you were enjoying it. That was making me more mad. And then you're like, let me get in there. I was like, I don't want you over here. This is my spot. And what happened when I went over there? You couldn't figure it out either for a while. Wait, but what happens out? But what happened? Oh, hold on. No, just 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 a real oh, quick answer. God. What happened when I went over there? Is, is it working? Or is working it working? Now? Is okay. There you go. I don't even think you fixed it. I, fig- I figured no, out what the didn't. problem is. I did. I switched the stupid iPhone. No, no dongle. but I, I figured out where the problem was. That using my, I knew using where the problem was. So it, was with the the, it was the dongle. I'm about to start throwing F words. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, it, I don't mind coming in and saving the, the day. The it doesn't don, bother the darn me. dongle. <laughs> hey, uh, if you've got any kids listening, hit hit mute. <laughs> Fuck you, TJ. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a, another commercial break. We'll be back with Dan Hubbard. We all know engine oil is the lifeblood of our machines. That's why you need blood lubricants for the highest level of performance and protection. Manufactured here in the USA and designed to handle the heat and humidity. Blood lubricant oil lines such as Pro Elite Series, Pro Series, and the new Scorpion Blood will exceed all your needs. Whether you race moto, sprint cars, side-by-sides, or anything else, Blood Lubricants has you protected. Tests have shown that engines can run up to 30 degrees cooler while using blood. Just ask Chris Kiefer. DJ TJ and I trust Blood Lubricants in our machines, so you can too. Go to bloodlubricants.com to order today. Don't forget to check out their Chain Lube, Two-Stroke Premix, PolyClean, and many other products. Use promo code MOTOX to support the Moto X Pod Show. Scotty T here from the Moto X Pod Show with another fantastic product from Burn Motorsports. It's Shock Socks. The number one 10-second removable fork seal protector. No one likes having leaky fork seals. With Shock Socks, you can protect your fork seals from the crap at the track in a matter of 10 seconds. Fork seals can be expensive and take away from your ride time. 
So fight the crime of grit and grime with shock socks. Check your local dealer or go to the BurrMotorsports.com webpage. Also, follow them on Facebook and Instagram. So go out and make sure to get your pair of shock socks today. If you're anything like me, you remember back in the late 80s, early 90s, all the cool custom-painted helmets that you'd see on Supercross. Jeremy McGrath, Jeff Emig, Damon Bradshaw, all the top riders had custom-painted helmets tricked out, and I was super jealous. I could never afford to get one done. Now there's an option, Extreme Colors. When you're rolling up to the line with a custom-painted helmet, it's one of the coolest feelings you can have. Kirk Hunter has been painting helmets since 1998, and his price is still the same. $295 gets you a professional, one-of-a-kind paint job on your lid. Just contact Kirk at xkhelmetpainting at gmail.com or go to motoxpodshow.com and check out the contact links. Now you, too, can have a custom-painted helmet just like Jeremy McGrath and be the envy of all your friends at a reasonable price. Follow him on Instagram at X-T-R-E-M-E-K-O-L-O-R-S, Extreme Colors. Let them know the Moto X Pod Show sent you. And we are back with our next guest of the night, brought to you by R Jerky. Go to eat R, the letter R, eatrjerky.com. Use promo code Moto X Pod Show 21. The Wageman Brothers family motocross roots run deep. R Jerky is a private label jerky established to help support the brothers' racing dreams. Made fresh, it makes a great quality snack. Well, I can't read this at all. My handwriting is horrible. Great quality <laughs> snack, no matter the occasion. With teriyaki, sweet and spicy, western, black pepper, sizzling hot, and the popular seven-deuce-deuce black pepper br- beef brisket, there's a ton of options to choose from. Once again, visit erjerky.com. Use promo code MOTOXPODSHOW21. Tonight, Our Jerky brings us Supercross host and our Race Day Live host, Dan Hubbard. What is up? Hey, not much, man. I'm excited. I just got my order of our jerky. This it, couldn't be better timing. And I, I feel like you're lying, but hey, thanks. I'm not. No, 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 dude. I'll post it up. I don't post on Insta, but to prove it, I'll, I'll post up my uh, my array of our jerky. I, I got oh, uh, nice. four different packs. Yeah. And uh, the teriyaki didn't make it into the photo because I ate it right quick. So that's <laughs> And they were really cool the way – I don't know if they knew what was going on, but because I ordered four packs, they threw in a little sample seven-deuce-deuce pack. And I'm yeah. like, yes, because I forgot to order uh, Edit Maps jerky, so which is like an idiot. I'm like, oh, because I scrolled down when you go on the website. Yep. You scroll down, and it's like kind of at the bottom, and I didn't scroll it, down far enough, and I did the order. And then I realized later, and I, I and I wanted to try it, so they sent me a little sample pack. Nice. I have yet to I get to sample it. I was gonna I was gonna give it to Daniel on race day live. Uh, don't share with him. <laughs> I'll eat it all myself. Yeah, don't share with him. Like my favorite is the sizzling hot, but Dan, it is hot. It is the hottest jerky I've ever eaten, but it tastes so good. Um, too but, manly for me, man. I don't know if I can hang. Yeah, I, if I you got I, the black. The black pepper's good, the sweet okay. and spicy's good, western's good, and then the teriyaki is just my jam, dude. Really? I haven't so had good. the teriyaki yeah. yet. Um, I, I go through a lot of the Seven Deuce Deuce one because it tastes really good, and it's I just can't eat as much of the hot stuff because it is so damn hot. But um, yeah, yeah, same. Well, awesome. that's good. Well, then I have something to look forward to in life, dude. I'm there old, you go. So this is perfect. Everything was kind of getting stale, so I got Seven Deuce Deuce jerky to look forward to. That's it. Um, Sick. All right, Dan. So obviously, <laughs> proper. We I say this all the time. Anybody that listens to our show listens to Pulp. You were on Pulp a few weeks ago, so they got to know you a little bit. But I want to I want to get to know you a little bit more on here. Um, give us a little bit of your background again on how you you kind of told the story, but how you got into doing hosting like this. 
Um, uh, boy. So the trick for me is to be not talking too much. So I'll do my best to be <laughs> brief because I feel like when Steve had me on, I just kept talking. No, we need so content. No, we you need, need you just, just talk. We need guy. content. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. I'm your guy because we'll just fill a couple hours of me spewing. But no, I I um. So when I was a kid, man, I'll, I'll go way back, uh, like uh, like they did in Goonies, like way back. Oh and, yeah. Uh, so so when I was just a kid. Like the, the, the big deal around in Southern California was, was motocross. It was BMX, skating, surfing, everything. And my, I had three older brothers and they did all of that and they totally influenced me. And so riding, riding motocross was kind of a dream as a, as a kid growing up and, and wanting to learn how to ride bikes. And my brothers were doing it. And so, um, my dad was a doctor, uh, and he was a physical rehabilitation doctor in, um, in Fontana originally, and then in Harbor city. And, and he would, he would put motorcycle riders back together, right? Like that was his thing. And so, and his sons as well. And so he, he was, it was kind of like the Jeremy McGrath thing where he didn't want me riding a motorcycle because it was so dangerous. <laughs> right. And my brothers were all getting broke off. And, and so he didn't like that. So instead he bought me a BMX bike and then I started getting broke off on my BMX bike. And, and that, that lasted for a while and, and I stuck with it and kind of deviated on that path, but I always loved supercross and I always loved motocross and, and, uh, and eventually started riding myself. And, and then I, I, through BMX shows, like I, I got into BMX shows. I was never like a champion rider. You know, I never, I never became a famous BMX dude. That never happened for me. I was one of those dudes. It was like kind freestyle of or racing. Freestyle. Sorry. Okay, yeah. Gotcha. I, I tried racing. It was fun, but, but like freestyle was the jam, right? That was just yeah. for me doing tricks, jumping stuff, doing flatland, riding ramps. My brothers were skaters. We had a half pipe at our house. Um, so the skaters would skate bikers would bike. And, and I was one of the bikers. And so, so I, I rode and did that and entered contests and I did okay in the amateurs, but never, I was never one of those dudes that just goes to the next level, like Eddie Fiola or Matt Hoffman or, you know, Tony Hawk and skating or, or pick any superstar of a sport. I was Ryan Nyquist. That. that was my guy. Nyquist. Great. Still, still incredible, by the way. Dude. I don't know if you've seen him lately. Got still to meet, winning I got contests. to meet him at Houston. He's, the first Houston race I met him. Such a good dude, right? Yep, yep. Such a good dude. Head to toe, solid, solid guy and, and brilliant rider still wins contests. Amazing. Um, but I never made it that level. So I do shows. I'm a show guy. And uh, one of the first, um, people that hired me to do shows was Eddie Fiola. He was what the lead stuntman in the movie rad yep. uh, with a guy named Martin. Apolio. I was about to say that <laughs> rad. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And, and he was doing shows and, and his career, he was one of the super superstars. Like he was the Tony Hawk of freestyle. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. and there's a, there's a couple of them like Mike Dominguez and R.L. Osborne, and Mike Buff and all these really just brilliant riders that were at the top of their game. And Eddie kind of started doing shows and, and he got into shows early and stuck with it. And he threw a mic in my hand and said, dude, you got to announce when I'm out there. And I was petrified. I was just scared <laughs> out of my mind. Yeah. Um, to, you know, I'd, I'd jump, uh, you know, I'd do a backwards drop in on, on the half pipe, but I wouldn't get near that microphone. That's and, funny. And he, he kind of forced me into it and, and it was awesome. And so I started getting better and better on that. And then just for years was doing that. And then, uh, I had a guy named Jeff Hoover who, who, um, heard me announcing a school show in Hermosa beach. I woke him up. And because uh, he had been out doing marketing the night before, and he walks up and said, "Hey, you ever announce anything other than BMX?" I said, "Yeah, sure, I can. I can announce whatever." And he and he hired me for what was called the nightclub and bar show in Las Vegas, and it, it was it's as wild as it sounds. It's a convention, but it's all twenty one and up. And just threw a microphone in my hand, and, there, and he said, "Hey, I'm with Monster Energy. Do you like Monster?" I was already drinking Monster. I'm like, "Yeah, I love Monster. Come down to Vegas and do this." And I started announcing these these trade shows, 
And then that led to announcing the pits or the fan fest at Supercross. And, and I started kind of, you know, like, oh, stoked. I'm, I, I love Supercross. I can announce fan fest. I know the basic. Let's go and have fun and talk about the Monster Girls and sampling and riding and all that. And it kind of turned into a little gig. And then completely unrelated, but kind of related, I got to know Crew Jones from Rad, Bill Allen, and his buddy, Tim Campbell, heard that they needed an announcer for Supercross. Turns out he was friends with Dave Prater. And it's just kind of like, hey, I, I can I, you know, you can get a tryout, dude. You want a tryout for for Supercross for announcing? I'm like, of, of course, brilliant yeah. dream come true. I used to listen to Larry Huffman uh, and Dave Despain and Larry yeah. Myers. I love those guys. Like they were brilliant. I would go to Anaheim Supercross at Angel Stadium and and, and just be blown away and watch them on TV and love their voice because I was an announcer too, and so I could I could really respect what they were doing. And so so I wound up getting this tryout at at Monster Energy Cup. And uh, that's a that's a whole story in itself. Where even before I went up, and like I think we already have the guy, but if, if you want to pay your way up here and try out, you know, no harm, no foul. Right. And then they they didn't have enough headsets or microphones for rehearsal because there were six other people trying. I was number seven. And long story short, and then the microphone went out twice for my big debut on on the Joker line. That's not stressful goes at all. Out. It was gnarly, dude. And and so I'm just like, you know, I got nothing to lose. It's it, it's totally like. Um, Lloyd, you know, Lloyd and, and Dumb and Dumber, it's like when he talks to Mary and <laughs> yeah. she's like, hey, you're one in a million. So you're telling me I got a chance, right? Fine. <laughs> I, I, let's try. I got a chance. Yeah. It's one in a million. So I went and did it. And long story short, uh, it, it worked out well. And, and they offered me the job that had been uh, uh, vacated, not vacated, but Irv Braun, who had been doing it for years yeah. in the booth, passed away um, and, uh, from cancer. And, and he didn't really tell anybody and they didn't really know. It was kind of, a, it was really sad, actually. And and he was pretty legendary, you know, for being on that mic. And so, again, big shoes to fill, right? Like, that's pretty heavy. And, and I sat down in the booth uh, five years ago in Angel Stadium, and there was two microphones. One was for Irv Braun, and that was left empty. The desk was left empty next to me. And then he brought in another microphone for me. Mm-hmm. And um, and it was kind of gnarly. And then uh, they just said, okay, start talking. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, let's go. Yeah. Uh, well, welcome to Supercross, everybody. My name is Dan Hubbard. And then I, I got lucky. A guy named Ben Cheatwood, uh, who is also a, a well-known announcer uh, and, and writer, who's, I think he's, God, he's in his 70s now. He came up and said, hey, you want someone to talk to? I said, Ben, please sit down. <laughs> yeah, he was yeah. really cool. Yeah. It was awesome, man. He sits down. He starts talking about history and the track. And just it was this kind of moment of kind of fear. Like, wow. okay, I just got to start talking. And then Ben comes in and really helps me out and, and talks me through it and says, dude, don't worry. We'll, we'll help you through this. And and eventually they're like, okay, Dan, you got to go on your own and just start talking. And and that was it, man. That's I, I, that's the short version, by the way. Again, I told you this kid. No, it's good. This kid go on forever. Before hey. before you got that gig right there, when you were just doing the other announcing, like in the pits, and like, were you like able to like make a living off doing that? No, no. I, I I've never. I don't know if I've ever made a living off of one thing. Maybe. Yeah. maybe. I mean, like doing Daniel shows. Blair. Yeah, right. It, yeah. It's it's like no one no one does as much as that guy. I mean, that, that's un, unreal how much he does. Um, but it, my life, 
before the pandemic, um, before coronavirus kind of felt like that, right? So yeah. I had six different gigs I was doing. I was announcing corporate gigs. I was um, doing BMX shows with my company. I had a skate team. I was putting out there for Monster Energy, doing mobile shows with them. Uh, I was doing stunt work. I'm, I'm a stuntman uh, for BMX and mountain bikes and 10 speeds for for um, when they call me up. Right. Um, I was hosting red carpets uh, and then doing Supercross. So I had all these gigs. And man, this is kind of a separate side note, but Mm -hmm. then COVID hit uh, a year ago and literally everything stopped. Like everything went to zero. It was gnarly. And and so, yeah, I I had all these different gigs I was making money at and kind of putting them all together. My wife's a teacher uh, and a professor, so she has kind of consistent income, luckily. Um, and, and that's helped me out over the years when things got really thin from doing performances and shows because you're, you're constantly hustling and sometimes there's no gigs. There's just no shows, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's kind of gnarly. Because I did yeah. like announcing for like local racing for a long time. And I was curious about the guys who did, maybe not the TV guys, but the other guys, were they able to like make a living off of just following around doing the monster stuff? Or if you had to like kind of like Weege, if you're, if you're paying, I'm saying kind of a thing. <laughs> Yeah, if you, well, we, there's another remarkable dude who just defies all, all right. uh, logic. I mean, incredible what he does and, and how intelligent he is now. Talk about spitting hot fire on the mic. It's incredible. But he's good. He, he too, he's so good. And he has so many different jobs that he does. But take, take Lurch, right? So, so Steve Scott. Um, doing bass fishing, uh, doing plumbing. He's a plumber. He's, he's an amazing plumber and, and crushes it at plumbing in Chicago and very successful. And then he goes and does supercross on the weekend or he'll do outdoors, right? I didn't know that. Of outdoors. Yeah. And, and dude, he, he got this gig. He went, uh, um, uh, to, while he was doing supercross, he got a gig hosting bass fishing on TV. Um, which is huge. Like, I mean, bass fishing, you might, if you're not in that world, we are not. you might not realize, but it's, it's huge. It's a big deal. And, yeah. and a very, very coveted position that he wound up and I wound up seeing him on TV and it was awesome, dude. He's dressed up in a suit, just again, just super professional and, and knowledgeable. And, and so he has, he had a bunch of jobs. So I think a lot of us um, did have other jobs, right. And, and do have other jobs because it's hard to make a living with just one of these gigs. Including Absolutely. Yeah. You got to hustle. Yeah, you do, man. You do. And then it's worth it, right? It's, it's worth it, but it's, it's, uh, so I mean, my main income primarily was doing school shows and corporate events, BMX shows and, uh, and, and kind of skateboard demos. Right. So I have, I have trucks and trailers and ramps that. and, Heck yeah, yeah, and it's fun. It's fun, man. And and we uh, we hype a lot of people up yeah. and, and, and entertain people and promote the sports and 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 it's it's really fun, man. And I love it. and I get to I get to hang with all these top pros, even though I'm older now, like right, right, Larry right. Ed, Larry Edgar and Pat Casey and Ricky Mosley and all, all these amazing there's tons. Um Jeremy Malott, there's just tons Dude. of riders that yeah. I could go on forever, like all these really amazing riders that are just crushing right now in freestyle and they're 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 still down to do shows with me and and it's, right. it's really cool that so. jeremy malott guy is amazing i started following him at houston one because they announced his name at that event but he had just gotten hurt um which our right. buddy morgan wade actually took his spot at that event um but yeah. they said the name jeremy malott who rides for monster i was like wait a minute there's a jeremy malott that works for red bull that puts on Red Bull straight rhythm. It just seems so weird. Different so, guy. Yeah. Different guy. So, right, but yeah. I was confused. So I looked him up on Instagram and like he posts all the time. This dude is an amazing 
bicycle rider. Amazing the stuff he does. Like backflip flares off a one foot little like hip or something. I'm like, that. yeah. Just just so He's you like know, Darkside like got Darkside got into riding BMX freestyle about two months ago. Yeah, so we talked about this. At so dinner, he but, yeah. so he thinks he's cool now. I'm just letting <laughs> oh, you know. No. It's only been like two months. <laughs> Hey, he's dropping. He's dropping lingo. It sounds legit to me, right? <laughs> he knows what's up. Well, Players I, on one foot legends. That's that's real. That's I was Jerry big does. into it as a kid, watching it as a teenager, and then in the I guess the early two thousand when when Mira and when X Games first started, and Mira and Nyquist were just like kings of the X Games era. I, I was just obsessed with those guys. I played dominating. Yeah, I know. even told Ryan Nyquist at Houston. I was like, yeah, I played the Dave Mira BMX game as you every time. I was always riding Nyquist. I had the little diecast bicycles, all the Nyquist bikes. <laughs> I, I was so into it. I mean, but yeah, I we talked about this at dinner. I have no yeah. business saying I ride BMX. I do the bare you, minimum of what you would consider that, but that counts. That I counts. Guess. I mean, I you guess. told me you're, you're, you're riding skate parks, dude. And, uh, and so that's, you that's could the say thing that. for me about any sport, man. If you're into it, be yeah. into it, have fun with it. And, and that's, that was always a thing to me when, when I was growing up, they call it freestyle. And then right. people would be like, Oh, well you're not real rider. If your handlebars aren't this wide, <laughs> oh, whatever. Yeah, you yeah. can get into the minutia. Oh, and it's like, bro, it's called freestyle. Do whatever you want. I like that because you want, do what you want. That's what it's about. I like that. Cause all the guys, no, nobody uses brakes anymore. And I'm like, dude, I got front and rear brakes. And those guys are all like, what, what yeah. do you, what do you, what are these things on your handlebars? I'm like, they're yeah. brakes. And, and everybody now rides with their hands as far in as you could go, which is yeah. where my brakes are. I'm like, yeah, I can't hold the bars like that. That doesn't, it doesn't, it's so, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, it's so no, weird. It, it, so I, that's, that's the thing. And there's, there's a lot of riders are like, Hey, have a front brake, have a rear brake, have no yeah. brakes, do what you want, man. It's, it's that's, that's what freedom's all about. I will absolutely kill myself without brakes. So yeah, it, brakes are awesome. Like, and, and by the way, so there's, there's a trick I do called a backwards nose wheeling and I can roll backwards down a hill. It's like a backwards stoppy, right? Yeah, yeah. And I can do that. I can do that forever, man. One footed, no footed all the way backwards. And, and it's, 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 it's really, it's kind of my favorite trick. Right. Okay. And now there's people doing it. There's young dudes doing it with no brakes. So I use my brake. It's called feathering. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're kind of go just like you would on a motor on a motorcycle, right? You're going to feather on a stoppy a little bit with your brake. You're not going to use balance. You're going to feather that front brake. And so I do it with my with my front brake. And now it, I never thought I'd see it. There's young dudes doing it with no brakes, just pure balance. Evolution. And I have, it's it is it's evolution. It's remarkable, and I have the utmost respect. I don't think well that's you know it doesn't count. Or but there are people that might say, oh well, if they see me doing it, that he has brakes doesn't count. Right, no, right. it counts. It, do your it own counts. Thing. Ride your own ride. Absolutely. I mean, you know that's so you you ride those brakes, man. I you, will. You do it, Jamie. You ride them. You rock them. You I rock absolutely them will. Put four pegs on. Put four pegs on your bike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll do whatever. I'll put. Feeler like uh, what you call little curve feelers, curve feelers <laughs> if I want to curve feelers, yeah handlebar tassels you do yeah. I'll do what I want a little bell <laughs> a little bell yeah. yeah what you got Scotty yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean this is I'm kind of going on it's a different change of subject but when it comes yeah, to when it comes to your your night show what what do y'all like how does it work with the sound crew are you is that a something in the venue that you have to deal with the crew there or do you have your own because I I went to Houston and to Dallas in Houston. Uh, they, I don't. They, they was it was bad. Like it was, there was off a lot, the first couple of nights. There was yeah. like feedback and all yeah. kinds of stuff. And right. then Dallas was better, but it does seem like 
I don't know if it's for more upper level, but being first level, I, it was really hard to hear. And I was wondering if that's just something that the sound crew there is not used to, or like how how does all that work? I I, I don't know the perfect an- like the uh, complete answer for you. I do know that going okay. into Houston in in the first residency into round one, um, our our staff on the I I, I am in the night show. That's been my main job, right? As, yep. as the host of the night show and the live. So you, you'll hear me. You know, people, oh, I looked on TV. I didn't see you. Yeah, but you hear me screaming in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Turn the volume up at commercials. That guy's screaming. That's me. Um, but they, the, the, the staff on our side um, with Feld was cut because of budget cuts. Because obviously, I mean, we all, including Feld, lost a lot over the past year financially. So to come back with a limited audience and a limited budget, we had to make cuts. So we did. And I'm really, really proud of the night team of, of Mike Mui and, and Kat and, and uh, Jim and, and everyone who does the sound, Alec and everyone. It, it, but what happens is we go into a stadium and you have to kind of mesh the, the, the tech team, our team, with the house team. And then you have to rely on their speakers and their sound system, right? And sometimes, usually that, that mesh goes perfectly. It goes really well. They're there days ahead. They work it all out. What changed is you had two things combined. You had the night show and, and the night staff that, that does um, that does the, the live broadcast. They have to now work with the race day live crew because we're combining the two. And I'm on set with race day live during the day. And then I go to and then it switches over to the live show. Well, in Houston, we had we were using the same equipment for the day show for race day live broadcast and the night show. And that was okay. But there were, there were issues with trying to use the same system on race day live and plug it into the night show system gotcha. and then plug it into the house okay. system. And then you got to deal with network with it, with NBC and the broadcast. So there's, there's all these things and you never know. That's one of the things too about Supercross is I sit back there and it's it's just I have the utmost respect because you only see the tip of the iceberg, right? It's like anything else. You see the tip of the iceberg. There's so much hard work and so much dedication and so much going on that no one ever will ever see unless you're sitting there watching it. And even then, you're they're all on headsets trying to figure things out, trying to handle things, and it's it's really complex. The mechanics and the elect the the um, the um, I don't know how you would say it. But that, yeah, the inner workings, right? I mean, I, Jamie, you and I were talking about about setting up a podcast, and and I set up my live shows and I have my PA system, and you get the crossover, and you're trying to figure out the crossover, and blah blah blah. And they're doing it on a grand scale, and it's very involved. And there's there's laws. I remember we were going out. Uh, who our our old director Jim's doing it now, but Maxi was a director, and and there's certain frequencies that you can't use microphones on because it's illegal because the government has those frequencies near your oh, stadium. Yeah. So you've got to be careful what frequency you're on. And some of the stuff goes on that frequency. And, they, and, and then <laughs> Dave out in the, out in the monster rig where they're sampling, they have gigs out there. Like Kenny Taco Bell was on the mic hosting the fan fest for monster energy and, and yeah, the, uh, the freestyle show. And, and, and that dude goes off. Well, getting their microphone set up, they've got to be careful with their bandwidth because that can interfere with the stadium. So it's so, it's so gnarly and it's so over my pay grade, but I, <laughs> I, I think part of that was kind of getting back to this new this new world we're in and this new combination of everything and and trying to combine that with the stadium and that's what happened I, I, again, I don't think that's a complete answer for you, but that's kind of what happened in Houston if that gives you a little idea yeah, and then yeah. once they 
once they figured out what was going on, they were able to start solving it. And um, and so there, it's just there's so many things that can go wrong. And if you can figure out 10 of them, you're a genius kind of situation. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I just, you know, like you said, we, we saw the tip of the iceberg. I just kind of wanted to see the more perspective on it. And that, you know, that did like kind of clarify, clarify a lot of things as, as a typical fan. It did for sure. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And, and like you said, it got better, right? So yeah, it, it did. There was it did. A, they, 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 there was other, another thing that happened too is, is because of budget cuts, it went down to just myself and Ashley. So we, I think we lost three people on our announcing side um, and, and race day life had to make budget cuts. So that's why they combined the day show and race day live. Mm-hmm. And so when that happened, it was just a new paradigm, right? It's just a new world and everybody's got to try and find their place. And, and so that's what we've, we've done. And, and that was, then they brought in Tyler Enignap on the night show because they figured, you know, my voice is going to start going out. Ashley's voice is going to start going out. So they're like, okay, we got to do that. They brought back a sound guy named Alec who helped us out with our, with our mics and our, and our, and we set up a different system um, as we moved along. And so now they've got it really worked out and it's, it's working, it's working great. Yeah. Cool to hear all those inner workings that we don't know about, yeah. right. That we don't usually hear about. Yeah. Um, so we're running up against the clock a little bit for our next guest. Last thing I want to ask you about is just the process of doing race day live. It's a lot of hours of nonstop, almost nonstop coverage. Uh, you, you, can't have a whole lot of ums like I'm doing right now. Uh, you, you got you got to know what's going on. You got to be on top of your game. Uh, yeah. Daniel's great at it, obviously. But just talk about doing that, and and that's a new gig for you this year. It's not easy. It's it's a new gig, and it's a kind of a new style. It's also very new for me. I've never done anything like that before, uh, so I'm still learning. And admittedly, I've got a long way to go. Uh, <laughs> luckily, Daniel is there to carry uh, me on his shoulders. Don't give him any credit. Do not give him any credit. Same thing happened on Pulp. If, same thing happened on Pulp. I tried to compliment Daniel, and yeah. everybody's like, no, no, Wait. no. <laughs> if he's carrying you on his shoulders, you can still touch the ground, right? Oh. Yeah, because it's right. Yeah, and he'll admit that, right? So it's nice. I'm actually doing him a favor. It's not that hard. I, I'm walking. <laughs> yeah. Listen, the point is, the point is, is that we, uh, in all seriousness, to step in. So, you know, um, walking into that seat where Jim was sitting, I'm not Jim. I'll never be Jim Holly. No one will be Jim Holly. He's a world champ. He's, he's unbelievable. His knowledge is extensive. He's an analyst. I'm not an analyst. I'm a host, right? I'm, I'm trying to kind of make it fun and find different angles and, and do the lifestyle thing. And I was like, Hey, well, I can go to the pits. I can do this. I'll hop on here and, and we'll talk to privateers and I'll kind of cover that angle. Well, the pits are closed to me. I'm not allowed to go into the fan fest. Right. So I've got to stay up there all day and it's really kind of a tricky situation. And so I'm still finding my place in that. Um, I I've still got a lot to learn. Like I said, I'm, I, what I, my main thing is, with Daniel and, and Ashley's great as well. I mean, Ashley, you know, has so much experience with Robbie Raynard, her husband yeah. and with their complex in Oklahoma and all the riders, she lives it, she breathes it, she's in it. Right. I mean, she, you know, she, she's, um, she's the real deal and it's yeah, awesome yeah. to have her. She helps me out. Daniel helps me out. Um, and, and my background, um, you know, through for what I've done with Supercross and, and announcing other things and just my, my love for the sport is what I hope comes out as I'm learning more and more and can contribute more to Daniel. But for me to sit there and, and you know, interject when he's talking to Justin Brayton or Adam C. and Cirillo, um, I just kind of sit back and I let them do their thing. And, and I think that's my, my feel right now is kind of support him, come up with some of my privateer stories and share them if I can while we're doing qualifying for B and C groups. 
um, talk about what I know about the A class for, for 250s and, and 450s and, and kind of help set him up with questions and ideas and, and move it forward that way. And, um, and that's kind of my, my deal, right? That's, that's where I'm doing. And yeah, you gotta, you gotta be careful. You gotta look at the camera. Yep, you gotta yep. not say, um, you gotta be, you gotta, you know, Ricky Bobby with my hands. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> Put them on my lap. Do I raise my lower arm? Do I, yeah. do I cross my feet? Do I not? All these things that go into doing a TV show that I've, I've had very little experience with, um, is, um, it's tricky. And so I'm still, I'm still gaining that. And I'm really grateful that Phil gave me this opportunity um, it's not lost on me that this is a a very rare opportunity and I've got to earn this position and I, I've got to respect the core fans and what they want and listen to what they want and listen to what is really expected out of that chair. And and admittedly, I've got a long way to go. And and my commitment is to, especially working with Daniel and Ashley and, and our director, Eric, and, and our producer, is listen to them and where, you know, take advice from them and what they think is best and, and, and fill that in and do my part to make it better for everybody. Um, yeah. But um, but that's that's kind of I, again, I'm, I'm still learning. I'm still getting the motions. But it's it's a it's it's an honor that's not lost on me. And I appreciate Phil giving me the opportunity and NBC as well. And uh, and I'll do my best to do right by the sport um, and by the uh, the riders and, and the crew and by the audience. You know, that's my well, goal. So I think you're doing a great job, man. Um, you know, I, I watch Race Day Live when I'm not at a race. Uh, so and I, I enjoy it. And I really enjoy when you take my texts and ask. <laughs> you know, ask Daniel about going through the whoops as a short person or something like that. That that makes me explicitly happy. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think you're doing a good job. And I, 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 you know, I know there's always keyboard warriors out there that are going to dislike this person. They want this person or whatever. That's just the way it is. But I think you're holding your own. You're doing a good job. And uh, it's been a pleasure to get a chance to, to meet you a little bit this last week in Dallas, man. It's been awesome. Yeah, that was really cool. Thanks for inviting me out to dinner, man. I, I kind of just chill, chill in my room and stay, uh, stay yeah. alone. And now that we're moving through this COVID thing, I need to get out and do a little more. And, and it was really nice to hang out with Kate Clayson as well, man. He's he's a really good dude. And he is fun to listen to. Good people. And, so and, I, that was neat. It was yeah, it was a good time. So I appreciate it. Uh, we're gonna let you go, Dan. But um, enjoy your three week break, and we'll hear you back at Atlanta, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys there, and I appreciate you inviting me on. And anytime, man, if I'm around, I'd, I'd love to come on back. TJ, Scotty T, thank you, and, and Dark Side, you rock, man. Keep it, keep <laughs> All right. it going. Dude, that's, I meant to ask you about the band thing. We'll definitely have to get you back on. We'll talk about you, the fact that you were in a band. You say a shitty band, but I still <laughs> yeah. want to hear. I want you yeah. to tell more about that, too. So we'll do that next time. I have tapes. I have tapes oh, from like fifth oh. and sixth grade, my buddy. It's we horrible. need, we, we need those so we can out. play it Dude, during the show. Yeah. Like, yeah, right Intro now we're music. using Daniel's band, Main Event. <laughs> for a show opener. Maybe we could use your band. Tell Daniel he's getting replaced. Oh, it's on. Oh, All right, yeah. Man. They, All right. Whatever. They got nothing on me and my boys. I love it. All right, Dan. Later, Good talking man. to you, buddy. Cheers, guys. Thanks. See ya. All right, bye. All right, Dan Hubbard. That was fun, man. I had no clue that, like, obviously I've, I watch him on the Race Day Live and all that kind of stuff, and he does an amazing job. Had no clue that he was like an action sports guy. Yeah, me either. Oh, yeah. Like, none. See, I, uh, like, I they, didn't know They should until... promote that. I didn't know until he did Pulp, and that's when I was like, oh, because I am sort of getting into the BMX thing a little bit. I was like, dude, I want to talk to any new Crew Jones. Yeah. that was, A lot of people really dug that. I wanted to get a chance to know him a little bit better. But the point is, like, like they should figure out some way to, like, spread his credentials because people yeah. will take it. Because, honestly, like, Ralph, 
I was a big fan of Ralph. He did a great job with the show, but he has no like action sport background. He's and, a car guy, really. Yeah, car and, and that kind of stuff. But he earned his stripes, I guess you'd say, with Moto. Sure. But that in motocross, kind of like what Villeman was saying whenever he went off on Rutledge, you have to earn the Moto people's respect and like him doing these podcasts and learning that and that kind of stuff. And the you know the the fifty people that listen to our podcast will now know whenever they watch. Um, more when I think you. when I think of Ralph, I think of that Cinderella song. You don't know what you got until it's gone. <laughs> I think he, honestly, after watching him with on the race day live, yeah, I will not be surprised if he winds up on the actual like the main. What he do you call Diffie it? Has grown on me. I do. I I, I like him. Did I? I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure about Todd. I, I, there's somebody else that needs to get that booth first. Who? Who? Daniel? And Daniel deserves but, but it. But the problem is, is Daniel's doing, like, okay, whenever they, whenever he started with race day, he was doing the same job that Dan's doing, right? As far as, like, you had, you had uh, Holly, who was the analyst doing yeah. that stuff. Now Daniel's in the spot where he needs to be. Daniel needs to, like, he's he's not color as good. Who do you put on good. the floor, then? He's, he's, he's not at color as good as what. Or, or you know what I mean, like You'd in that surprise. That's all. I'll, I, I, okay, you'll be surprised. No, but I'm saying he's doing cross, right? And he, yeah, he was good at that. Yeah, but he's still breaking down the riders. He's still doing that kind of stuff. Like him in Carmichael's spot. Yes. Well, it, you see what okay. I'm saying? Yeah, I, I gotta be okay. I can't say much. Oh, whatever. Let's uh, let's take a break and get back with uh, Megan. All right. If you want power, then you need Williams Moto Works. Wait, wait what? What was that? It's the Supercross guy voice. No. No, it's not. Sounds more like a Hulk Hogan promo. Well, that's good and tough. I like that. Dude, we aren't making a redneck commercial for a professional company like Williams Moto Works. He designs camshafts, builds performance motors with CNC porting. So it needs to be tough and cool. A company who can reprogram ECUs, hire rev limits, and custom maps needs a professional commercial, dude. So, like... If you want complete power package from cams, portings, transmissions to ECUs, then contact Williams Moto Works at 414-467-6199 or follow them on Instagram at camdesigner or you can even email them at Williams Moto Works. That's Williams Moto and then W-E-R-X at gmail.com. Okay, that's better. Not good, but better. Fly Racing is back on board with the Moto X-Pod show for 2021. What can we say that you don't already know? In 2020, Fly revolutionized the helmet game with the Formula Helmet. For 2021, they brought us the Formula CC with the same Rion technology and a tri-weave composite shell at a fantastic price point. Fly Racing also released the new light pant with a boa in the front. Visit flyracing.com to see everything Fly Racing has to offer from the moto, street, BMX, water, and even mountain bike lines. Once you try Fly Racing, you'll see why riders like the 2020 motocross national champion Zach Osborne, as well as Blake Baggett, gold medalist Connor Fields, and even the beast from the east, Damon Bradshaw, trust Fly Racing. There simply is no better. What's up, guys? This is the 7 Juice Trade out of Entertown. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, 
Bastion Tiles Hockey, CLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to AturbeeUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Moto X Pajo Senya. All right, we are back again. Our next guest is brought to you by Fly Racing. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With riders like Zach Osborne, Damon Bradshaw, Blake Baggett, and Weston Pike, Fly Racing is the best gear on the planet. Visit flyracing.com. And tonight, Fly Racing brings us Mrs. Miss Megan Griffiths. What's up, Megan? Not too much. I'm happy to be on the show. Yeah, do you like to go by Megs, like your, uh, your Instagram, at Megs, or is it just Megan? Uh, it's most people call me Megs. Either or works, but okay. Megs is fine. All right. Well, your Instagram, as I said, is at Megs underscore Brap with two A's. Uh, our buddy, our, sh- our our show listener, Hal, follows you on Instagram. He hit me up like months ago. He's like, dude, you got to get this girl on. She's awesome. You're an enduro rider. Cool story. And to be honest, Megs, I don't know your story. Um, I, I would look through your Instagram. Uh, I think it says like you know you want to inspire people with your writing and what you do. And I want to get, that's what we like here. So I kind of wanted to hear your story. Tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into writing, where you're from. Cause you ha- obviously have an international number. Uh, give us your story. Uh, all right. Well, I guess I'll start by saying I'm from Canada. I'm oh. sitting here in Texas right now, but I am uh, Canadian. <laughs> we're in Texas as well. That's where we're based out of East yeah, Texas. Say, where are you in Texas? Oh, nice. Um, I'm in a little town called Azel, uh, just outside of Dallas. Outside of Dallas. Oh, okay. You could have come set in studio. Yeah, what the heck? we've known that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're, you're we're like an in, hour and a half from us. We're basically Holy near, crap. We're near Tyler and Longview area. That's where we're at. A couple hours east. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Okay, well, anyway, back to your story. Sorry. Uh, no worries. Um, so, yeah, I'm from Canada. I started riding, I guess, back when I was 17, um, and it was just a random thing. Most people kind of think that I – was probably brought up riding, but I just randomly got a dirt bike. Really? (laughs) Yeah, I climbed the fence to my yard, and there was a Yamaha dealership on the other side of the fence. And uh, I walked in, and they they sold me a TTR-125. (laughs) So, I mean, I had the choice between that or there was a quad, a 450 quad. And I didn't know what I wanted, but the salesman, uh, he probably got a bigger cut off the TTR. He t- <laughs> you made talked the right me choice. into the TTR. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really glad I did because I, yeah, I, I definitely found my passion. Um, so you get this bike and where do you start riding? Like, do you start riding in your yard? How do you find places to ride when you know nothing about it? Um, so in Canada, in British Columbia, where I'm from, we have a lot of, um, like public land, it's called crown land. And so, I just knew that I wanted to go explore the woods. I wasn't, I didn't know about trails or single track or like tracks or anything like that. But I I just spent a lot of time just kind of exploring the back roads and the mountains. And uh, it wasn't really until I met someone else that rode um, where I I really started to learn about real dirt biking. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What you got, TJ? (laughs) Wait a minute. So you're so you didn't know how to ride a bike before this? She just told you she didn't like know. at all. Like so you just said, "Hey, what do these levers do?" What I mean, like like how did okay. you Okay. So you, you got, there's there's a big there's a big leap is, well, I went I jumped a fence and stole a dirt bike and then <laughs> stole <laughs> 
okay. 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 Let's, <laughs> let's specify a little bit. Okay. So my dad, he rode motorcycles all his life. He used to build Harleys. Gotcha. Okay. And, um, so he, t- he took me and my, my younger brother up into the, um, the crown land and, and showed me how gotcha. to use okay. the clutch. There you yeah, go. yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it started with that and, and then I was off to the races. Okay. You know? Okay. So now, so now <laughs> yeah. you met somebody else to ride with because you're like yeah. a vagabond on a dirt bike going all over the place. <laughs> yeah, well, so it's kind of a long story, but I met this crazy hippie in the woods. He was on a KTM. Yes. How old are you? Hold on. I, I Hold, on. Like Hold on. How I old are you at this time? Already. Uh, dare I disclose that information? Okay. okay. How uh, long ago? I'm, no, I'm 30. So this is like a decent amount of time ago. Okay. Okay. It's a cool story so far though. Like, I feel like there's a movie here. Yeah, no, it's good, man. He yes. had he was wearing pajama pants with knee pads on underneath. He had a hoodie on in the dead of summer and a chest protector over the hoodie. That's what and, TJ rides yeah, that was every TJ. week. Yeah, that, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and he kind of um, I don't know how he won me over, but we became friends right away. And well, of course, they hit you in the woods the with a dirt bike. And pajama pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Who doesn't want a so, friend that's a hippie with pajama pants? Yes. <laughs> I love yeah. this. This is great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I basically from there I started getting a little bit better and understanding, oh man, like you can ride over logs, you can go up hills and all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh that's where I kind of got um into the race scene. Um our we had a local series called uh the PNWMA, mm-hmm. uh, Pacific Northwest Motorcycle Association. Yep. And it, it was just like hair scrambles, cross countries, that sort of thing. Um, I got my butt kicked. I was <laughs> annihilated on the first race. And I kind of went in thinking, you know, I'm going to be good. I, yeah, I'm a yeah. good dirt biker. Like, I'm of awesome. Course. And I got lapped by everyone in my class, barely finished, got, got a burn from my exhaust, <laughs> wow. all the good stuff. Yeah. But, uh, but didn't quit. I, no, I finished. I'm I'm very stubborn. Um, okay. And I remember thinking, this is awful. I'm never doing this again. <laughs> but because I'm sick in the head, like most dirt bikers are, right. I, I kept coming back for more and the passion just grew. It's yeah. funny you say that because I did one cross-country race one time. And after the race, it went terrible. I'm not going to get into it. But when I got home, I told my wife, I said, never let me do that again because I know I'll want to. I'll come back later going, you know what? I could try it that wasn't again. wasn't as bad as I remember. Yeah, but and I told her, never let me do that again because yeah. I knew that I'd be, I'd want to go back. But go ahead. Yeah, no, I was in the same boat. I mean, but yeah, I just kept at it. I, I started out in the uh, like beginner women's class. Back then we only had one women's class. Mm-hmm. And um, there was this girl racing in the men's class on the A-loop on the gnarlier track. And her name was Victoria Het, and I looked up to her. I wanted to be, I wanted to be like her, right? I wanted mm-hmm. to race on the hard track. I don't want to be on the sissy track, right? Yeah. Um, so That's where I, I want to be. I want to be on the sissy track. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the sissy track wasn't even sissy, but um, you know what I mean. Yeah, and, I do. Uh, I, I get yeah. It. Yeah. So I just kept at it. Eventually, moved up the classes and. Um, yeah, raced in the men's class on the A-loop, and it was freaking awesome. I loved it. I think within the first few minutes, we have a bunch of listeners on the live chat that may be in love with you. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, so how, how much time passes from the first race 
till you get to a point where you think you're you're actually pretty good and you start racing with the men? How like is it the next race or do you no no couple no years? It was uh it was two seasons on the B course. Okay. And then on my my third season I was in the intermediate class on the A A course. See, I don't really believe in moving out of the novice class. I just Yeah, he is he's forty <laughs> something years old and still rides C class. He sandbags the C class hey. or what? Thank you so hey, I'll take that. It's fine. Still a Listen, sa- even Megs, a girl calling you a sandbagger. Megs, if you <laughs> Never got any better than your first race. Let's say you stayed at that level. Do you still move up, or do you say I want to race with people that I'm actually competitive with? Shut up, TJ. Don't say because um, <laughs> TJ believes you just move up no matter what. No, you. I mean, person. It, it depends on how you think about it. For me, I wanted to move up as quickly as I could because I wanted to be on that gnarly course okay. racing the three hours instead of the hour and a half. You know what I mean? You're shaking your head, TJ, but I don't want to do that. But the problem is, is like you're not like at the back of the C class. If you, when you're ride regular, you can win the C class. That was a lot years ago. Like, Doesn't matter. You should have moved up I, then. In my plus forty ish <laughs> novice class, I'm I could win sometimes. Sometimes I mean, might be sixth or seventh. Like I'm competitive with that group. Now you could say we're all sandbagging. You're all sandbagging. Which is what TJ says. <laughs> That's what I say. But I don't want to move up. I've told the story before. Like a couple years ago, when I was racing a bunch, there was a guy that was beating me pretty much every weekend. He then moved up to the intermediate class and was like five seconds off the next worst guy. He he wasn't racing with anybody. He was riding by himself. Well, if y'all all sandbaggers would have moved up, y'all would have raced each other. <sighs> Shut up, TJ. Anyway, all right, go ahead, Meg. This is not about us. <laughs> yes. So uh, it's well, a couple <laughs> seasons, and you're, you're 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 then you're good, and you're racing with the men. How do they take it? Um, everyone was super super nice. I mean, yeah. I would tuck in my ponytail. I, I'm not gonna lie. If someone saw the ponytail they would try extra hard <laughs> not to let me buy or to get around me. Um, so I would tuck in my ponytail, um, but everyone was awesome. Like yeah, the, yeah. The, the people I raced with, they were it was like a tightly knit group, and uh, I had a lot of fun. I hear that a lot. Of, you know, we, we kind of are all moto guys. We do motocross, but I hear that the off-road community is very, very tight, very friendly. You know, there's competition, but everybody, like, I even see in the pro races, like the the World Enduros and stuff, there's, like, other teams helping other teams in sections, and, like, it's just very tight-knit. Oh, man. it's uh, I've experienced that firsthand at um, the ISDE with yeah. different teams in different countries. We, like, helping each other, it was, I will never forget it. It's incredible. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. The, the the people that do the woods riding and dirt riding, they they they're wild. I can't I can't get over the hippie in the woods. Like, just run over the lawn, <laughs> oh, man. Just I just okay. Well, my question <laughs> dude, is, do you, dude. like, do you, I I want another story either of the hippie or of some another wild person another in funny the story. Yeah, the next hippie, a, another character. I need I need I need more of those. That was <laughs> right over the okay, lawn, well, man. <laughs> I, I want to correct you right away before. First of all, hippie doesn't have like the surfer vibe. Yeah, that's He's me. More I like, know. I know. Yeah. Canadian accent. Right. Oh, okay. It was like <laughs> like a joint in his mouth. You go, there, <laughs> you go yeah. right about there, and you go over the log. Just, just go over the log area. Yeah. Oh Lord, not stop. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we actually have a listener. That's in British. That's Pacific. Yeah, yeah we got uh, Chris Buckroll listens to our show, and he's up in British Columbia. And, he rides moto, but and we had a lady on that was that's a, a 
like married into a family of a friend that the guy I work with who was rides off road. I can't remember her name. I don't remember right now. She's a Canadian lady too. But anyways, I I don't know I've been wanting to do some off road riding and we, I actually interviewed um, Manny Lichtenberg. He's like the Enduro champion, right? Yep. Yeah. I interviewed him over the summer and watched a bunch of videos and like the stuff Enduro riders do is just way gnarlier than I think people, if you don't watch it, it's just so gnarly. Like you, you posted a video on your Instagram the other day, and it's like I love rocks, and you're trying to go up this hill with rocks. I'm like, uh, I don't want to go down that hill, let alone up it. Uh, yeah, well, down would be harder and scarier oh, okay. for sure. Okay. Yeah, well, from in my opinion, in the rocks when you have no legs, but my my legs are short. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, yeah. That's why I don't do it. I'm too short. <laughs> That's why. It's just... There's no such thing as too short. It just means it's means it's more work. Yeah. Right. So. You're, uh, did you have something else, Scotty? Well, we never really, she never really. Oh, you saw another story of somebody. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a story Sorry. of a character. You have another a character, character you've met in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't really have any more characters that I okay. can think of off the top of my head, but something might come up along the way while we're, while we're at it. Well, how about this then? Like when you're out doing these long rides, has there ever been a weird experience where something like, have you like ever Bigfoot? gotten lost in the, yes. Okay. Bigfoot ever got lost in the woods Seems by yourself? Weird. Has there ever been. Just like a crazy story where you're out on a ride and something unusual happens, or does it happen all the time like that? Um, it's not you like it's never too crazy. I mean, yeah. I've had it where I, I've got this thing where when I find something new, like a new trail or a new area, it's like okay, just let's check around the next corner, one one more hill or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And it's gotten to the point where. It, we do, we keep doing that and then it's gotten dark and then we couldn't find the trail because it was so new. It was so freshly cut in and it's pitch black and we're like bulldogging our bikes down the mountain because we've lost the trail and there's yeah. logs and trees down and all this. It's, I've had a few of those, <laughs> but scary. usually we carry tools and, you know, water and whatever else. And I, I don't often ride alone. So we, we can usually figure our way out of any nasty situation out there. So you mentioned tools and that's something I want to ask. Like it, enduro riders have to be able to do a lot of work on their bikes when they're out. Um, is that something that you've become pretty proficient with? Are you pretty capable of doing most mechanical things on, out on the track or out in the woods? Cause, uh, TJ here is pretty mechanical. Uh, I'm mediocre. I, I think I'd probably get myself in a bind doing what you do. Yeah, I mean, there no, nothing happens out there. Well, knock on wood. Nothing <laughs> usually happens out there that's too crazy. Like maybe a chain breaks or yeah. like uh, I don't know, it's never anything like, oh crap, I got to do a bottom end. Right. You know, right. Guys, I just mean like, like chain yeah, like yeah. a tire if you got a flat. Well, I guess you don't have yeah. spares, so you probably do you run moose? I run mooses, usually a moose in the front and a tubeless system in the rear. Yeah. Um so flat tires are not an issue, but um I know guys that do run tubes and they just carry a spare tube. It's, it's nothing to change a tire out on the trail. Okay. So you're down here in Texas and I'm we're, we're in Texas. So we know what the terrain is like and it's nothing like it is up in Canada. So like what has you down here in Texas and where are you riding? And, and what do you think about the almost flat land compared to what Canadian Canadians have to ride on? Um, well, so I do most of my riding at Red River, um, which is oh, yeah. just outside of Munster. Yeah, I've been there a couple of times. That place is awesome. Yeah. Um, so I, I like it because it's like, it's really different in, or different from the riding up in BC in the sense that it's smaller and 
like up in BC, we can just hit the trails and ride beautiful mountain single track for the whole day and then come back to the truck. Yeah. But at Red River, it's like, it's a kind of small area and we will go out and like dedicated practice on a rocky creek bed. And then washouts up the hills uh, and stuff like that are gnarly. Yeah. Or like super steep hills. Mm -hmm. And so I I find that my skills, I'm able to elevate my skills a lot faster out here because there's it's just better set up for dedicated practice. Oh wow, I didn't even think about that. Have you have you got a chance to go up to like uh what's it called, Arkansas and hit any of those places up there like Mina? Um, not yet, but it's on the list. I've gotcha. heard good nice. things, so it, yeah. It, it's not near as gnarly as what Munster is, especially those rain washouts coming up the hills and whatnot. Yep. But um it's it's supposed to be really fun riding. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, my, my my buddies told me monster stories about like like jumping over like you basically like you're jumping over like creeks and like rivers and like mini rivers and stuff. Do they still have anything like that? Have you gotten to do anything like that? Yeah, I mean it, it changes all the time with the rain, but there's always really cool washouts, cool creeks that you can go up, um, and then yeah, super sketchy stuff where you got to like jump over something. If you're not yeah. expecting it, you'll just nose into it and die. Yeah, there's um, like Rocky Ridge. Awesome. Have you been out there? Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same. Yeah, Rocky it's Ridge gnarly. is gnarly. So I rode. Me and a buddy went out. We took pit bikes out at Rocky Ridge. We spent the whole day on pit bikes out there. That place. Like, I'm glad I wasn't on a big bike. Right. Some of those heels, I had to get off and, like, walk my walk bike, the up. bike up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, you uh, you do clinics, correct? Like, riding, you do riding lessons? What do your clinics involve? Yeah. So, um, usually when I'm on the road, I'm teaching, uh, like, level one. We call it our level one riding clinics. Okay. And so, it's basically, it's it's going to help anyone from like a beginner to an intermediate level rider. Even, you know, even more advanced riders can take a lot from it because it's really based around like breaking bad habits and then building the right habits and building skills from there. So awesome. Yeah. How how can they, somebody find you and get involved with that? Um, so the link to the clinic schedule is, um, in my Instagram bio. Um, but they, for anyone who's listening with a pen in hand, uh, they could also go to tr- tractionereg.com and because I'm partnered with those guys and all my stuff's on their website. So perfect. That's awesome. Are, are you yeah. permanently based in Texas now or is this like a part time deal? What's going on? Uh, it's kind of uh, like I'm here indefinitely, but I'll be going back and forth uh, to Canada once the borders open. Right now, right. due to COVID, uh, yeah. everything's <laughs> yeah. kind of shut down. Yeah. Do you? Oh, go ahead, oh, sorry. I, I just know that TCCRA just started. Are you doing any of those? Um, I'm not sure. I'm I'm probably going to swing in and do like one here and there. I I had the opportunity to try one last year, I think it was, mm-hmm. and uh, it it was super fun. So, but I'm not going to be following any circuit um, specifically just because my summer is going to be lit. I I haven't worked for about a year or well almost a year due to COVID up in Canada, my work is considered non-essential. Um, so now I've got a summer plan full of classes and, you know, I'll be in different States. It'll be kind of hard to follow any circuit. That's cool. Do you, do you follow motocross, supercross at all? Um, so I kind of live like a homeless person (laughs) in a sense and I don't have TV. So, so not really. All right. That's fair. <laughs> I enjoy it, but yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't really have the chance to watch it very I, often. I just asked. We actually know a, a number of professional moto riders from 
Canada, some of the team Canada, you know, uh, MXD, MX of Nations riders like Tyler Medallia, a bunch of guys. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know if you were familiar with any of those those people because we do love the Canadians. Other except for Steve Mathis, he's he's, nah, he's all right. no. <laughs> Mathis is one of our buddies, but um, she like he hurt her feelings just now. Wow, <laughs> breaks my heart. No, no, I'm teasing. I we I love. I was a big fan. We went to uh, MX of Nations or I, to, at Red Bud a couple years ago, and like Courtney Lloyd was the team manager for Team Canada. Mm-hmm. And I went over there. She made me feel like part of the country, like the team. She welcomed me in. I got to to meet all the riders. And, like, yeah, I I love Canadians. They're awesome. Well, you say that, but you like their comedy. You didn't like Letterkenny. No, that's, I did not like that show. I love Letter Trailer, Kenny. Trailer Park Boys <laughs> don't like that show either. Yeah, the same school. Oh, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Le- 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 Letter Kenny is is where it's at. But um, okay. so you're you're traveling around. You're going to hit like all the places in the states. Is that the plan? When you you said you're going state to state. Uh yeah, I mean not all the states, but I'm going to be pretty spread out. That's um, awesome. Yeah, so it'll be good. Well, Megan, it'll be an adventure. <laughs> it's really cool getting a chance to talk to you a little bit. Uh, I, I'm very impressed by what you do. Just uh, It's not something that I've really ever had the opportunity to, and I probably would be pretty bad at it. Um, but it, it looks like fun, but it's just really cool. And uh, I like the fact that you're trying to inspire other people riding and teach them and give them. I mean, it's just a cool story, and we appreciate you coming on for a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Well, it was enjoyable talking to you, and maybe we'll maybe we'll run into each other somewhere. At a, I, I guess we'd have to go do some cross country or some enduro riding. Wait, aren't you supposed to be going next weekend? You just take her with you so you can get some some lessons. Oh yeah, I'm going. I'm going to. So we go to uh, Broken Bow to uh, just like have like a cabin vacation kind of yeah. thing. about two hours yeah, from where and she's then, at. Uh, they just have like it's basically like. It's a public trail system. It has like a main road and then like little trails spawn off of that. Mm. And like yep. I just put a gas tank in the side by side that somebody else is driving and I just go off and then That's cool. meet up with them. So huh. we're doing that in a couple of weeks. She doesn't want to go hang out. What, what's her Instagram? I was just. It's it's at Meg's M E G S underscore B R A A P. Meg's underscore Brap. Got it, TJ? I was I'm looking it up right now. TJ. I'm going to follow her right now. She got a new follower. Oh, well, you're, if Racing for the Sun follows you, deny him. Yeah, deny me. Yeah, I see how it is. <laughs> Megs, uh, Megs, it's really been cool talking to you. We appreciate you coming on for a little bit. Um, very cool story and very impressive. Um, and I, I enjoy following you. I, I Keep the, the pictures and the stories coming. Yeah, for sure. Thanks so much for having me on. It was a blast. Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. See ya. Bye. Yeah, cool. That's again. You know, we've had what Gary Sutherland on desert racing and yeah. Duro. I just think it'd be fun, but like with the stuff she's talking about. No, I don't want to part of that. Not it's just outside my uh, ability level or comfort level. I don't feel like well, now that your pony's gone, you don't have to worry about it getting caught in a tree. <laughs> You'll be able. You I, can I, do it. You can do it now. It's like a dad joke. <laughs> Man, that wasn't even a good dad joke. TJ laughed. I, I thought it was funny. All right, well, that, whatever. You guys are idiots. <laughs> Austin, oh, is that, I've, I've now become officially become an idiot. Well, you're yeah, what you, feel, so, hey, welcome to the like club. Welcome to the, to the club. Both, I'm both officially idiots. an idiot. Yeah. Um, All right, Grandpa. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm texting you back. Shots yeah. fired. Uh, we're not using that G word. Grandpa. Grandpa. What do you want to be? Like, uh, grandpa anything other than that. Or? So I have some thoughts, but. People? No. You have to pick, you have to pick it. I have to pick it? You should, or you're going to wind up with something well, stupid. I'm being told that the, the baby's going to call me what it wants to. No, you just think. Like, then you're pee-poo for sure. Or pee-poo. <laughs> pee-poo. Pee-poo. Yeah, we'll figure out what happens. Right, pee-poo, dark pew, pew. Yeah. 
Well, you know, because Amber knows I don't like the G word. Yeah. She's like, oh, then we're going to be like, grandpappy. And Pappy she's going to make it worse. So you should teach him to do it. Oh, like grandpappy is it. Do it like a British action, like grandfather, like something like that. So when Grandpa, my grandpapa. When, when my dad's dad was picking names, he said he was going to be Grandfather King, sir. Okay. <laughs> That's a lot for a, a one-year-old to grasp. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, dude, I don't really, like, we need to wrap this thing up. I, it's only, you mentioned it's only it two be, hours long of a show on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, we talked about. But don't you have a lot of crap to do? Yes, yes. I still have about so we got to make this last longer. I still have about three hours of pulling audio for the wrap-up show tomorrow night that I don't know if Jake and Jordan are still on. They Jake, who... Asked yeah. a question earlier. Is going to yeah. do it, and then Jordan, his his chick, I guess, was watching too. She sent a text awesome. that he that Jake was shaving his face to get ready for the because he'll be doing the uh, FaceTime audio or video with me tomorrow. That's you. one of the ways I have to do it. Cool, cool. So he, she, she said he was trying to get prettied up. So anyway, yeah, Moto, let's not. Moto Media I don't think we really need to talk anymore about Arlington. It's been talked about on other oh, shows. Oh yeah, no, we're good. Uh, Cooper Webb's going to win the championship. Are you so? Would you if without, you, if without you a were, crash? If you were in a casino right now, you push all your chips. Yeah, I'd go yeah. all in on Cooper. It, 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 in. If there's the caveat of something like where he backflips and lands on the is like off the table, if it's just right. races out, how do you go against him? You don't think going to outdoor changes any going to outdoor stadiums changes anything? Not the, not really. No. I mean, he finished second at that Daytona. Like yeah, that even if he keeps how many points up is he? Six. I thought it was like well, nine. I will go I, down and I will I, I will take this to the end me. of the season that that was probably one of the the key moments in the championship was that day yeah. the race. Oh, I think so. That was a big one. Yeah, for him. yeah, yeah. He salvaged that one more and then than a three. A three. It was like he, he didn't have it tonight, and then boom. A three. Yeah. Arlington. Arlington. Oh, they call yeah. it a. I didn't know. I, that's what I've been saying. It kind of makes in sense. my notes. Yeah. I get one, it. A three. I get it. I get it. So, uh, good show tonight. Thanks to Seth Hamaker, Dan Hubbard. Uh, Megan Griffiths. I want to also thank, obviously, a Cherubies USA, X-Brand Goggles, Torque One Racing, Shock Socks, All Sport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, Williams Moto Works, Extreme Colors, Helmet Painting, Berm Lords Graphics, and Jersey ID, and our Jerky. Uh, I don't want to thank either one of you because you both suck. Patreon.com. We talked a little bit. With the YouTube people. Took him off the YouTube. <laughs> we talked a little bit with YouTube people. We got some stuff coming up. We're going to be doing some special stuff. Our patron supporters, hopefully going to have a Fly Formula CC helmet to give away soon for our patron supporters. You want me to paint it for him? No. 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 But other than that, I think that's uh, that's it for tonight. We're out of here. No show next week. Dark Side needs some R&R. I need some rest and relaxation. Jake Curry. Scotty doesn't even know how the numbers work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I messed yeah. that one up. Yeah, that's funny. Okay, we're gone. We're out. See you whenever we decide to do another show once I get my sanity back. Bye.